Maybe Splinter's a chocoholic. I knew it. I knew it. You know, all this time I was thinking that he was meditating or, you know, reading classic literature and things like that, uh, you know, appreciating the arts. No, he's just watching TV, reality TV, and eating cookies. Hi everyone, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to me here on Turtle Flakes. Cowabunga dudes to do that, and welcome to episode 12 of Turtle Flakes Podcast. We're back! Josh, we made it, man! We certainly did, and it's it's awesome to be back with you fans. Uh, sorry for the long delay, but you know how it goes. It's all Josh's fault. Yeah, oh no, take <laughs> off, Hoser. It's your fault. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just with work and everything that's been going on, uh, it's been a, just a busy couple of weeks. But uh, Josh and I promise you that we are back on track. We're ready to talk about some good stuff. We got a lot of stuff we're talking about today. For one, we're going to be talking about the movie, all right, and our thoughts on it. And boy, I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this. What about you, man? Yeah, I know. I've, I've been really excited about it. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of people have probably already uh, voiced their opinions, but oh, yeah. know, at least we, uh, we've we given people a chance to see it. So uh, hopefully it won't be spoiled for anyone. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, there will be spoilers in this episode. So if you want to skip ahead, we'll don't worry, we'll give you the cue. We're not just going to automatically tell you, you know, the, the end of the movie. By the way, Splinter dies. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't die. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about the... 2003 Shellraiser Turtle Van. We're going to be talking about issue 3 of of volume 4 of the Mirage series. We're excited about that. And we're going to be watching the debut episode of Casey Jones in Meet Casey Jones in the 2003 cartoon. So a lot of good uh, stuff we're going to be covering today. So uh, Josh, how have you been, man? It's been a while. It has been a while. I've been good, you know. I've been busy with uh, work and everything, but, uh, you know, I did manage to see the new Turtle movie, and Mm -hmm. I got a couple Turtle pickups, so uh, overall, pretty good. Hey, very nice. Yeah, same same here, man. Not a a lot of pickups uh, in the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a good good couple of weeks, man. I missed this show, and we got you know uh, I guess to start off everything before we even get into our pickups and everything, uh, we got some really nice feedback on the last episode. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of our listeners reached out to us. Let me see if I can pull up his message real quick. Um, you know, he was of course we were stuck in Dimension X once again, and <laughs> <laughs> and we went back into time like twice. You know, to like the first time we started the show. And then we went back to uh, 1990 and watched the film again. That was kind of cool. Um, but we're back, and we got some feedback on that show. And let me see if I can pull it up. Okay, well, our good friend Jeremy Lockhart, he sent us an email. And he's just kind of talk about his um, memories watching the original film. I mean, and, you know, Josh and I, we, we talked about our memories with this first film. And as a matter of fact, Josh, you were... Um, as a kid, you were kind of more used to and accustomed to the second film, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd seen that one a lot more because it was on TV more, mm-hmm. and uh, I really liked Vanilla Ice. No, <laughs> <laughs> he was a huge fan. He, he still dresses like him. 
That's right, man. I even cut the, my eyebrows. <laughs> I'm still trying to get a 5.0, you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, but Josh and I both acknowledge that now that this is this is our favorite film, uh, favorite Hurdles film. Uh, and, you know, we can obviously tell by this, this message that Jeremy sent to us, it seems like it was his favorite as well. So here's what he wrote. I remember growing up in the 90s with my family not having a lot of money. So when Kids Club at Burger King sold some Turtles cartoons, cartoon tapes, my dad jumped on it and got me two of them. I actually remember those. You, do you, Josh? Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. VHS tapes you could get at Burger King? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, do, I still remember the commercial, like, where they got all the, <laughs> the little dude with the weird goggles. Oh, yeah, the, the Burger shirt. King kids. Yeah, yeah, the Burger King kids, man. Those are awesome. And, like, you see the burgers spinning around and stuff. I love those. You know they should do, like, a Where Are They Now, you know, of the Burger King kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, That'd what be they, awesome. What happened to them? <laughs> they probably have their own kids now. <laughs> oh, so, okay, back to the letter. Uh, now I practically wore out the tapes, uh, wore the tape out, but one totally awesome afternoon after watching the tape, I got, I got up to take uh, it out of the VCR, like always, while the credits were rolling. I couldn't get the VCR and get to the VCR in time when all of a sudden, after the credits, I was given a 30-second trailer to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming soon to the theater. Not only was this my first time seeing the trailer, but I had no idea that a movie was even coming out, which made this a Boss Nova or Chevy Nova event. <laughs> I went on to watch the trailer a couple of times, more like 50, and was in awe of how good this movie looked. As time went by, I found out the movie came out. Uh, I found out that the movie came out, but having almost no money, I knew I would not be able to see the turtle movie until video. I had heard that it got number one, and that was that so many people were talking about how great the movie was. And then one day, my mother looked at me and my brother and asked if we would like to go to the movies. We jumped up and down and were dressed and in the car as fast as one who could slice and dice a pizza. So we get to the theater and my mother dropped us off and said that she would be back later to pick us up. Now this blew my shell. I love all the turtle puns, by the way. <laughs> now this blew my shell because we had never went to the theater without our parents. We got our tickets and due to the movie being out a while, we walked into the empty theater and I was shell-shocked. The turtles were going to perform just for us. As the lights went down and the magic came upon the screen, I sat amazed as I watched Leo, Donnie, Mikey, and Raph take on Shredder. Not seeing anything on the movie other than the 30-second trailer, it shocked me to find that Casey Jones was in the movie. He was and is one of my favorite characters, so this was glorious. In the end, I didn't want the movie to be over, but all great things must come to an end. We walked out of the theater on cloud nine, and every time I see the turtles, I think of that magical time in 1990. Thank you dudes for keeping the magic alive. Cowabunga. Jeremy. Very cool memory, man. I, I oh, really... thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, very cool. You know, it's funny that, you know, I can't remember, Josh, I mean, you know me. I mean, I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but then I can remember something that happened 1990. What's that, uh, 24 years ago? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's, it's insane how how much the Ninja Turtle franchise is such a huge part of our lives and has been, you know, most of our lives, you know, three quarters and even longer than that. So, you know, it, it's always cool to see somebody else's memories of it. And it just kind of, I kind of takes me back to the, you know, my memories of it. So. It's funny because I remember, you know, you talked about, you remember the, the day it was like, it was the first movie you ever saw, right? It, yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. 
And, you know, you hear Jeremy's story, and even someone at work was talking about, like, they remembered the day that they saw Ninja Turtles. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, it's that big. You know, the, like, a lot of people would probably remember, like, the day they saw Star Wars, but, like, Ninja Turtles is another <laughs> one. It seems like everybody remembers the day they first saw it. I mean, I never saw them in the theater, so I don't, but... I mean, it's it's just cool that it seems to be kind of like a milestone almost. Yeah, it's like, where were you when the Ninja Turtles came out? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels to us. I mean, it was such a huge part of that time period. And, and you know, it's it's funny. Um, I, I was actually watching the uh, recap of the I Love the 80s episodes, and uh, they were talking about the Ninja Turtles cartoon in 87. You know, and how it just exploded in, in, you know, 87 and 88. It was like Turtle Mania. And some people, you know, the older people were kind of annoyed by it. But let's face it. I mean, that was a huge part of that time period. Even for people who didn't know the franchise that well, they'll associate the late 80s with, you know, the Turtle era. Jeremy, thanks for writing that, man. That was, that was awesome. Turtletacular. <laughs> That's right. Turtle-rific. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the announcements, Josh. We got a lot, man. All right, let's fire it up. All right, firing it up. They have announced that Ninja Turtles 2 will be released, a sequel to the movie that we're going to be reviewing. Yes, yes. Do, do we know a title yet? Uh, they don't have a title yet, uh, but the release date is June 3rd, 2016. So We're there. Uh, dude, you and I got to go together. We should. We we got to make that work somehow, man. Make we it got, work. We got we a got, couple years. I was so. going to say, if we can't get this organized in a couple years, it was never meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Um, we're going to talk about it in more detail you know, when we get to the film, but knowing that there's a sequel now, or a, quite possibly a couple of sequels now, um, makes me feel better about some things. So we're going to get into that, but very excited about that because it's another Turtles movie we can see. And hopefully um, Josh and I will be together this time. That's right. And another announcement is that uh, the documentary Turtle Power, The Definitive History of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, has been released. So we were talking about it. I don't think it was quite out yet at our last episode, but it is available now for purchase. So uh, you can get it on. I know you can get it on Amazon right now. Mm -hmm. It's about 20 bucks. Um, I it's picked it up. It. Yeah, I have not watched it yet, but I do have it. I, I got it the day it was out, but I haven't had time to watch it yet. So you've not watched I'm excited. it either? No, no, I, I pre-ordered it on Amazon to make sure I got it release day, and I have it, but I haven't had time to watch it because we've had family in and stuff. So I know that it's going to be awesome. I mean, with all the people that are associated with that documentary, it cannot fail. You know, the reviews I cannot... on Amazon look good. So yeah, yeah, and and as a matter of fact, we've had some people write into us and say that they really enjoyed it. So um, we are definitely planning on having uh, the producer Isaac Elliott Fisher uh, back on the show. After Josh and I watch it. Now, whether it's going to be next episode or maybe the following episode, we will definitely keep you posted. But, um, yeah, mine's coming in this week. I cannot wait to watch it. And my wife, you know, strangely, she's even excited about it. She's like, did the documentary come in yet? I was like, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I said, you know, that's my girl. That's why I married her. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep her, man. That's right. Oh, get this, Josh. I've not even talked to you about this yet, man. James uh, from Angel Grove Podcast, which is a podcast dedicated to the Power Rangers. Uh, were you a huge Power Ranger fan growing up? John? Uh, no, no, definitely not. Oh, you didn't like the Power Rangers? No, the only thing I liked about the Power Rangers was the Sega Genesis video game. Oh, good game. Which one, yeah, the a... movie or the fighter? Uh... I don't remember. I just remember it was one of them on the Sega, and I played. I played a ton of it with my friend. I want to say, was it? A did, beat they up? A, did they have us? Did they have us beat 'em up? 
Yeah, I think that was the movie version, unless there was just a regular version that was just a beat-em-up guy. Yeah. I know there was a movie version. I think it was a beat-em-up two-player that I played with uh, with a friend of mine. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. beat-em-ups are good, and the fighters, believe it or not, not bad. I mean, it's a Street Fighter clone, but I, there's nothing wrong with that to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you know, copy something that's good. Go ahead. And the uh, for the the TMNT the uh, the new animated series, mm-hmm. uh, they did release the uh, the third DVD in the in the new set. I guess it's got Casey Jones on the front for uh, the Nickelodeon cartoon. Yeah, the Nickelodeon cartoon. Oh, nice, nice. It's it's uh, the second um, second season still, or I don't think they're calling them seasons, but it's uh, it's I believe it's the third DVD in the mm-hmm. set. See, that's the only gripe I have with what Nickelodeon's doing, and I totally understand why they're doing it, because they can, they can go back and release them as complete seasons later on, make even more money, but I just want to have them all, and I guess I'll have to make a list by myself, you know, online of all the episodes, and then collect, you know, each collection of six or seven episodes per DVD. Yeah. It's if, the only way I'm going to do it. I've, I've bought, I've got all the DVDs so far, except for the newest Casey Jones one, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but they they have done a good job of covering them. So, mm. um, yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Awesome, awesome. I'll definitely check it out. But going back to what, um, oh, sh- yeah, you didn't let me finish my announcement, you hoser. <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> excited, man. I know you're very excited about the Turtles DVD. I understand. Uh, yeah, James from Angel Grove Podcast. He had a really good idea, and I, I love it. And I think you'll love it too, man. There was one episode where the Ninja Turtles did a crossover with the Power Rangers. And it was in the next mutation, of course. And he he was wondering if we would be interested in a crossover show. So what do you think, man? Sure, man, but you have to sit next to the Pink Ranger. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing it, man. I can't do it. Oh, what is she? She's a babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Actually, the, it's funny. On the DVD um, for the next mutation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you had told me how great it was, and I had to buy it, so I did. <laughs> Don't get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. If, I think the copyright on it is, uh, I think it's like Cyban or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the copyright is the same company that makes um, that makes uh, Power Rangers. Right, so it's right. definitely the same deal, you know. <laughs> I dare say Power Rangers, at least for the uh, compared to the next mutation, Power Rangers was strangely better executed. I don't know if that's the word I'm look words I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean it's. I, I think it was. I mean, it was really big at the time. There was a lot of people into it, and mm-hmm. I mean, it did have it did have somewhat of a story, however cheesy or whatever it might have been. I'm surprised you weren't into it. Actually, the first you know the first season or two, yeah, it was really the, big in like '94 and '95. Yeah, it was on. I just like I thought it, I don't know. I just thought it looked really cheesy, like the fights. <laughs> you know, like there was always like just these oversized guys hitting each other in slow motion and the smoke and everything. I don't right, know. It just. Right. Yeah, it, it felt cheesy to me, but right. um, well, you know, we know we know this Ninja Turtle podcast, but you know what? Just for the record, just for fun, how about this time? Um, we'll do a little tally for the next episode. If there are any people, any of our listeners that were huge Power Ranger fans, or maybe even closet Power Ranger fans, I was a closet Power Ranger fan because I knew it was cheesy, but I liked it anyway. You know, send us an email. If you love the Power Rangers, send us an email. If you hated the Power Rangers, send us an email, and we'll add them up, and then let's see, you know, which which one. Uh, and you know what? You got to be honest. You know, if you watched it, all right, you can tell us there will be no judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was it was not cool to like the Power Rangers. Oh, like, me too. Me too. I had but, the... by the time I was that age, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I was like, yeah, that's for kids. I don't like that. Like, yeah, that's for kids. Turn the turtles back on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand. I had I had the man. I had the toys. I had I had a. Uh... Did you have the backpack? I didn't. I didn't have a backpack, but I had a lunchbox and thermos. 
Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Along with the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, I had a lunchbox, lunchbox, and thermos of that too. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how I. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So definitely, uh, James. We would love to have you, man. Really looking forward to that. So we'll have a green screen uh, in the near future where we're going to team up with Angel Grove Podcast. Very excited about that. Speaking of people we're hoping to have for a green screen soon, uh, Dylan Cook from What the Shell Podcast has agreed to come on soon. Uh, we still haven't decided whether or not we're going to torture him with the next mutation episode. And we just recently found out that our buddies, Mike and Steve from GeekCast Radio, the, the GeekCast Radio Network. They're really cool dudes. Oh, very, very cool dudes. We had a blast on the last episode, and we can't thank them enough for having us on the show. Uh, Mike sent us so many links and stuff that I've, I've not even gotten to thank him yet uh, to lots of different digital comics I can find for the Turtles. I mean, these guys have been so helpful. They've promoted our stuff. I can't thank you guys enough. And that's why we want you guys to watch The Next Mutation with us. <laughs> no, we promise we'll watch something good, guys, if you decide to come on. Uh, we were definitely in talks with them about that. It's uh, geekcastradio.com is yes. their website. And uh, we do have an episode on there where they interviewed us. So check it out, geekcastradio.com. Yeah, and you know what? We, we talked about podcasting in, in general and how, you know, we talked about a lot of things in that episode, not just the turtles and, you know, kind of how podcast, what got us into podcasting, how it's kind of, you know, impacted our life in a positive way. So... I don't know. It, it was a really good episode. We had a lot of fun. That's episode number 71. 71. 71. Okay. Uh, I wanted to make a correction about what I was saying about the uh, Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon on DVD. Oh, it's actually go. the fourth one. So there's there's four that are out right now for the new cartoon series. The first is uh, Enter the Shredder. The second one is Ultimate Showdown. The third one is Rise of the Turtles. And the newest one is The Good, The Bad, and Casey Jones. <laughs> looks like it was released... July 1st, but um, I just saw it at Target uh, for the first time about a week or two ago. Well, so. you, you ruined that announcement. <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> All right, so, so Josh, man, do you have any uh, sweet turtle pickups? Well, actually, uh, I've got a couple. So the, uh, the first one I want to mention is uh, my good friend uh, of the ColecoVisions podcast, Focus RS, otherwise known as William Culver. Uh, he was nice enough to send me a couple of goodies. Uh, he, he sent me a uh, Ninja Turtles keychain. It was pretty cool. Uh, it's uh, the Lego, you know, they did the Lego figures of all the turtles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's a Lego figure of Leonardo, but it's actually a keychain. Hey, he sweet. got me the same one. Did he? Nice. Yeah, well, we're both Leo guys now, man. <laughs> awesome. And he also sent me some uh, Ninja Turtles uh, stickers from the new cartoon series. They're actually pretty sweet looking. Very um, nice. You're going to have to send one my way, man. And then uh, some hoser sent me a, uh, a Ninja Turtles uh, movie action figure. Hey, all right. Man, I can't It's actually believe. pretty sweet. It's, I can't believe how detailed this thing. It looks great. So I can't believe uh, it got to you that fast. Like, I literally ordered it the day before, and you were like, hey, I got it. Yeah, I man. Like, Did I pay was, for overnight shipping? <laughs> yeah, man. I was, I was pumped, but it's uh, it's uh, Donatello from the uh, the 1989 movie. It is great. There's tons of points of articulation. You mean Corey great. Feldman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Great detail and uh, lots of points of articulation. Looks really cool. The box is awesome. It's really actually it's a lot bigger than most of the action figures I have. So really, are they really a little, cool. like 11 inch or something? I think so. It looks like it. I don't know. I, I might be like twice as uh, twice as big to me. It's pretty large. Wow, nice. Yeah, but uh, thank you very much, Rob. That was awesome. Hey, was happy awesome. to do it, man. Not a problem. <laughs> I give you a hard time on the show, but you know, every now and then I'll throw you know a gift your way. Yeah, he makes up for it. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, see, I, I buy my hatefulness, you know. <laughs> so, um, any comics? Uh, yeah, I picked up the uh, Turtles in Time. Ooh, nice. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I think number one I've picked up, and they should be holding. I think three is out now. I think yeah, I think they're up to number three. So I have number one. I'll be picking up two and three the next time I hit the comic book store, and then uh, you know I also picked up the newest um, IDW comics. I think we're on what thirty six or thirty seven. Oh my now? gosh, it's so high up now that. I'm like on issue 12 or 13. I've got so much catching up to do. <laughs> I did pick up the on Comixology. They had the sale on the Turtles comics. Ooh. So I bought, uh, I think I bought all of the IDW series. It was like, I think it was about $35 for like every every issue. And I think a couple of the uh, the trades. So it was a really good deal. Yeah, that's, that's um, not bad. Yeah. It's a dollar I'm, an issue. I just, Right, that's what I figured. I mean, nowadays comics are like four or five bucks a piece. So yeah, no kidding. A dollar an issue. I know it's digital, but you know, I figured it'd be nice. So if uh, if I want to read it on a tablet or something, don't want to have to bust out the comics, I can just uh, check it out digitally. So I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> uh, you know where the weight room is. Check it out. <laughs> oh, nice man. Well, you you stocked up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a good couple of weeks. So. Um, what about you, Rob? You have any? Uh... Oh, oh! I did pick up one more. I forgot. Oh, geez, uh, rub it in. <laughs> well, is that I was at a different comic book shop, and uh, you know, I know you were talking about you had just moved, and some of them don't have a great turtle selection. Yeah, still that's, don't. Yeah, that's definitely the case here. Some do. Some have good selections. Some don't. Um, you know, and there's not there's not a ton uh, at certain ones. But I just asked them like, hey, you know, is there anything new that I've missed? Anything going on? And they're like, well. I can't think of anything. Oh, did you see the X Files thing? I was like, no. So I picked that up. There oh was, yeah, uh, the X Files yeah. Turtles comic. Yeah, X Files Conspiracy. Uh, there was a, I think it was, uh, it was a one shot issue in February um, that I had missed. So I did pick that up. I haven't read it yet, but it's on the list. I have read it. It's very good. I liked it. Is, is oh, that okay? Is that the one with the lone gunman on it? I think it is. Yes, that's good. I I really enjoyed that issue. It's it's okay. very funny. I think you'll like it. Awesome. Um, oh, and uh, sorry, this should have been in the announcements, but there is a Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters crossover that's going to be coming out um, because there's the 30th anniversary of both franchises. So in October, uh, keep your eyes out for a Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters crossover, which, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. this past weekend, they had a uh, 30th anniversary for Ghostbusters. They were showing in the theater, so I got to go see that uh, oh, on the big it? screen. Oh, dude, it was great. Yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah. Now, geez, now I'm really jealous. <laughs> it was great. We went with a bunch of people from work. Uh, we we have a ton of projects that we work on. Um, you know, we've got different processes and programs we make and stuff like that. And recently, we've been uh, naming our different projects just because when we try to explain what it is, it's like it gets confusing. So we just started naming stuff, and somebody <laughs> came up with the name Gozer for one of our projects. Uh, so we decided when it came out that we all had to go out as a team and see Gozer uh, on the big screen. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Instead of uh, Hoser, you're Gozer from now on. <laughs> nice. Take off, you Gozer. Gozer. <laughs> um, now I'll pass it on to you, Rob. Sorry uh, for that long-winded geez. turtle pickup well, section. Way, but, to, uh, way to make me look bad. Well, yeah. you know, I, you do a good, such a good job yourself, but I, I got to help sometimes. <laughs> oh, well done. Well played. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I didn't get a whole lot uh, last couple weeks, but um, I really have to thank my uh, brother-in-law. He... Um, He's a very very nice guy. Uh, he he was talking about all the new classic figures that are at uh, uh, the Toys R Us near my house and stuff. And he's like, you know, I got a text. Uh, I was actually working at the time. I get a text. He's like, dude, you got to get over here. They're going fast. 
And that's that's already a cool thing that you know all these classic figures are going so quickly. There's such a demand for them. And I was like, oh dang! I said I, I'm not gonna get out of work till about six or seven. So I I get to the house and he swings by. He's like, hey man, got you something. And it was uh, it was a classic collection Krang action figure, and I absolutely love it, man. It was really nice of him to do that. Does he have the big bodysuit? Uh, like it's the not big... the big bodysuit one. It's actually the one with the little um, robotic legs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, I've never had a Krang before ever, so I was uh, really, really, you know, tickled to death to get that. Um, I also got uh, something. Our buddy Mark Pellegrini, I believe, one of his friends or family members, or maybe even. He contributed to this logo, but there's uh, this certain website that um, you can design certain logos for this website for T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and all those things. But the interesting thing is people vote on, you know, I guess how much they like it, and, you know, there's a time limit of how long you have to order these. And there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Donkey Kong, like, crossover T-shirt. Oh man, that sounds awesome! Oh man, it was called Donkey Krang. And oh what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I got that T-shirt, and it is so cool. It's like little, um, you know, I don't even know if it was considered eight-bit sprites. You know, just like the Donkey Kong levels of the turtles, like going up the ladders, trying to avoid the barrels, but instead they're like, um, I don't know, ninja stars and foot soldiers. Bebop and Rocksteady are on there. Shredder. I mean, it's cool. They're all done in you know an arcade, you know, eight-bit sprite style. I love this T-shirt, so I'll have to, um, you know, uh, send, t- take a picture and put it on our Facebook page or something like that. I got Absolutely, that. Absolutely, man! I want to see that. Oh man, you you get a kick out of it. Oh man, I I thought you got one. No, no, oh, I man. wish I would have. I've got a couple of different ones. Um, the one the one that I have is really cool. It's the the four turtles and like there's a river and kind of like a, a tree and two, I think some of them are in the tree, some of them are in the river, and then there's Splinter, but. Uh, they all awesome. it's it's basically black and white, but each one of the turtles has their colored bandana on. Oh, sweet! So yeah, it looks really cool. Um, I've got that one, and then uh, I got a Ninja Turtle shirt that it's like basically like a pixelized eight bit uh, thing of their logo. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. So it, it looks it's like it's like their regular logo from the cartoon, but it's pixelized. It's pretty cool. Oh, nice man, nice. Well, yeah. Uh, so I got that. I got the. I just ordered the Turtle Power DVD. Um, and I've got a sweet, uh, like retro, you know, like old school Ninja Turtle coffee mug. My, uh, my wife was very nice to surprise me with that, uh, a couple weeks ago. So I've been proudly taking that to work and, you know, getting all sorts <laughs> of compliments on it. And then I got, of course, that sweet Leonardo keychain from William along with a couple of Sega games. So, uh, so big shout out to you, Willie. Really appreciate it, man. Didn't you get a, uh, turtle book? Oh my gosh! I'm so <laughs> sorry. I forgot to put that on there. Closer? No, I was like, I couldn't remember. I was like, did we talk about it? On our no, last we show? didn't. Yeah, remember. that's right. That was a couple weeks ago that came in. Uh, all right, I have to apologize, <laughs> Josh. Okay, we got this. Goes all the way back to June 25th. You know, right around the time that Josh and I celebrated our birthdays. You know, we we're only a couple days apart. Well, Josh had sent me a gift a long time ago. It never showed up here at the house, uh, you know, and it was really nice of him to do that in the first place and everything. According to UPS, it was delivered to the front door, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's... which is odd. Like the front – I wonder if that was the office because I went to the office and said, did a package ever come in? They said no. So I wonder if somebody swiped it. Yeah, I th- somebody must have. Either yeah. that or the – well, maybe the uh... – who knows? Maybe the UPS delivery guy saw it and was like, "Dude, Ninja Turtles, Turtles. I'm, taking this. I'm taking this." I can't blame him. You know, dude, if if you're listening, we forgive you. It's okay. We forgive you for the sake of turtles. It's okay. 
<laughs> so anyways, you know, uh, Josh was kind enough. You know, he even got a refund through Amazon everything. And he sent it again, and I got it a couple weeks ago. It's the uh, uh, Eastman and Laird autobiography. I absolutely love it, man. Like, I was looking at it about a week ago and just kind of scrolling through it. And there's – I don't even know – I don't even – I can't even begin to describe how cool it is because it's got – um, you know, commentary on almost every Mirage original Mirage issue that they they wrote uh, and drew. Um, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, I I know that there's one that I remember getting me kind of teary eyed when I was a um, I, I wanted to say when I was a kid, but I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> uh, it's where Michelangelo's holding uh, Clunk. So there's another one of those Clunk episodes. Oh or, yeah, you know, issues. You know how it is. But it's Tear one tricker. of the. <laughs> It's one of the original micro series, uh, and I I have that issue, and it, it, it's talking about every panel and why he decided to write that story. So Josh, huge shout out to you, buddy. Thanks a lot for that, that man. That was really nice. Yeah, it's funny. I, I saw that book at uh, at a comic book shop, and I was like, man, that looks really cool. And for some reason, I I saw it. I knew it was awesome. And then I was like, ah, maybe I'll, I'll order it online later next time I get paid. I went home, and I couldn't remember what the name of it was. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it anywhere. So I think it was free comic book day. I went out. I saw it again. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy it before I forget it. This is a sweet book. <laughs> and I bought it. I brought it home. I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is amazing. I mean, it's like it's like if if Kevin Eastman had uh, a room full of like old school s- sketches and notes and you break in there and you just get to see what all of his thoughts were on everything. I mean, it's like, it's probably one of the best behind the scenes look at the comics that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah go ahead, it, it reminds me of, you know, like the Ultimate Collections, you know, after each issue there's commentary. It, it reminds me of that, but like on steroids, you know, because it, right. it's a little bit of commentary on everything that they've done. Uh, so, I mean, it's like a love letter to all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans out there. So, uh, man, it's one of the coolest things I've gotten, man. So yeah, I, I saw that, and I know there's a couple of other books out there, like some some other Ultimate History and Turtles books, and uh, you know your birthday was coming up, and I was like, ah, I don't know, I was gonna try to order one of the other ones so we know what what one of the other ones was. I'm like, I'm like, but this is so good, I, I gotta get it for him. So You're I'm glad man. you liked it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, you know what, Josh, thanks a lot, man. That was I can't thank you enough. I mean, I, I, it's just one of those things that. When I opened it, I was like, "What?" I said, first of all, I'm thinking, "Dang, how much you spent on this?" And I was like, "Well, we'll have to we'll have to do some reviews on it. Uh, do definitely. do a full review on it, and uh, maybe uh, read some excerpts when we have some time." Yeah, yeah, definitely, and heck, and maybe use that for like a lot of our comic book reviews and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, hey, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. So, man, there's a big elephant in the room. Really. Well, no, I mean, not literally. You, you I know, thought something smelled. <laughs> Take off. You know what I mean. Oh, no, dude, that's that flannel you haven't washed since. Oh, I saw the Turtles movie. <laughs> you still got nacho cheese on it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's still good. Saving it for later. Seriously, dude, it's turning green. Like, I know you want to be a turtle, but that's yeah, not the way to do it. It's kind of crusted, yeah. <laughs> Crusty. <laughs> nice. So, all right, man, the Turtles film. 
Josh and I have both watched it now. Josh, I believe you watched it first, correct? Because I, I think I watched uh, yeah, mine I was... like the Monday after. No, no, I watched it that Friday, didn't I? I think so. Yeah, you saw it Friday, but uh, I happened to find a theater that was showing it on Thursday. Ah. Uh, it was released, so yeah, Stacy, uh, Stacy and I were like, "Hey, we're gonna go see it." It was pretty cool. She was excited about it too, so we went together and we saw it. We saw it Thursday night, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we we went together and we enjoyed it really. Oh, it's about to ask, you know. So overall. You know, we're going to talk specifically about... Oh, by the way, listeners, this spoilers. We're probably going to talk about major plot things. I would fast-forward this podcast if, you don't, if you've don't, if you not seen the film and you don't want to hear uh, about some key plot uh, development and details and stuff. Skip forward about 10 minutes. We'll be done. Uh, but, Josh, right off the get-go, man, what did you think of this film overall? Um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. You know, it was decent. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was really nervous about it when uh, you know everything. You know, all the publicity about them being aliens, and then you know just oh, yeah. how the turtles looked. I was nervous about it, and you know, uh, overall, you know, I think I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm definitely gonna end up purchasing it on Blu-ray when it comes out. So uh, I thought it was good. Nice, nice. Uh, for me, it was okay. It was okay, and and okay makes me feel a lot better than I thought I was gonna feel. I I don't know if that makes any sense, but I was <laughs> expecting it. I wanted so desperately to love this film, and I went in there kind of like with that lingering doubt. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how this is gonna be. I just don't know. I just got a weird vibe, and then I watched it, and it was okay. I mean, there were there were some things that I really enjoyed. There were some things that I didn't like, but, you know, let, let's first of all talk about, you know what, let's end on a positive note. Let's talk about, uh, do you have any gripes with this film? Like, is there something that just stands out to you that you just did not like? The funny thing is the the trailer. I didn't like the trailer. We had talked yeah. about that before, but, you know, I think the movie kind of redeemed that um, because they didn't just show the turtles' faces right at the beginning. They did kind of have a reveal, but we could talk about that a little bit later, mm-hmm. uh, but, as far as the, the turtles' appearance, I did not like the turtles' appearance. Uh, I still don't really like it. Uh, I don't like the way they looked. I didn't like that they had do rags and yeah. I, I was um, big on the clothes. Like I, yeah, you know. I didn't like that Leonardo had like some bone thing for a chest that looked like a Native American or something. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Right. It just it didn't really fit. I didn't really get what they were going for. Um, with that being said, I did not like the way they looked, but it didn't ruin the movie for me. Like right. it didn't. I didn't like absolutely hate it and it didn't distract from the movie. So as much as I didn't like it, uh, it didn't end up really, uh, it didn't end up ruining the film for me. So it was kind of harmless, I guess. And I think, uh, Eastman, when we interviewed him kind of, kind of mentioned that, you know, you would get used to it as the movie went on. And I, I kind of found that to be the case. I mean, I didn't like it, but you know, it didn't, it didn't bother me so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there, there. I mean, you know, the film, I mean, just the way they look, eh, I I still don't like, that they look almost human, but that's okay. I mean, you know, to me, it's all about, it's not about how they look. It's about how they respond, how they act, you know, their, their motivations and stuff. So, you know, what, what do you think about the actual characters, you know, like the, the turtles themselves? Do you think they were represented really well in this film? Well, um, another thing I didn't like about it is that I felt like they pushed the turtles more towards superheroes than they did ninjas. I can see that, and, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they did definitely focus on the turtle part, which was good, you mm-hmm. know, with the origin story. They definitely had the, like, you know, turtle-like features. They had the shells, but mm-hmm. um, a couple things they didn't like. They made them really big, uh, again, which to me kind of led towards the superhero thing. Uh, they made them bulletproof, apparently, with the right. shells. Uh, so I'm like, they're big and they're bulletproof. It's kind of seeming a little bit like Superman. And then when mm-hmm. Donatello, like, flipped the car over with his bow staff, <laughs> I was just kind of like, really? I mean, this isn't... You know, to me, it wasn't so much ninjas as it was more like superheroes. I didn't like that, but um, you know, they did. I think I felt like they did present them as actual turtles, which was good, and not aliens. Right. Which uh, I love that line in there. Yeah, there's a there's a line. Oh gosh, who says it? It's uh, Vernon is like, so they're aliens, right. and then <laughs> and then uh, April's like, no, that's stupid. Like, She's like that's stupid. What? Yeah, they really redeemed that. That was cool. I was really glad that they put that line in there. Speaking of which, all right, let's talk about talk about. Uh, Vernon first. What do you think of him? You know, um, I thought his character was okay, but mm-hmm. if it was up to me, if I was going to bring a character back from the cartoon series, Vernon would not be my first choice. <gasps> but his pink shirt, right? I mean, like April. I, I don't know. <laughs> and and I don't think in in this one, Vernon was more interested in trying to get a date with April. Right. In the other ones, <laughs> uh, he was actually kind of like. He would kind of talk down to her like she didn't know what she was doing. Uh-huh. And he was kind of uh, in competition with her as a fellow reporter. And uh, he always like he was always kind of like uh, disgusted by the turtles. Like, you know, those awful turtles. Like he was, <laughs> you know, always afraid of them. And in this one, it was much different. So, I mean, to me, uh, he didn't – it's not a character I would have brought back. Mm-hmm. He didn't really stick to what it was in the cartoon. So I didn't really feel like he – played an integral part of the story yeah i could have done without him i mean that's the way i feel about him i guess well see i absolutely loved him in this film like and that that's that you know that's the cool thing about this you know like what would you take from what things you like might not necessarily be might not necessarily be things i like but like um i thought he was one of the shining parts of this film because it was kind of a different spin, you know. You like you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely not the Vernon we're used to from the cartoon, but the one thing they have in similarity in their character is they're both goofballs. I mean, in this, you know, he's still kind of like the nerdy guy, but only this time he has a crush on April, you know. And I just thought there were a lot of funny moments with him, like genuinely funny moments. But um, what about April? I mean, she was. Like it or hate it, guys. I mean, she was the main character of this film, you know. And should we talk about um, Megan Fox's performance? Like, what did you think overall? Well, um, when when I saw the trailer and I saw that it was Megan Fox, I got really nervous because I figured there's no way they're going to have her without it being all about the fact that she's Megan Fox, mm-hmm. you know, and and focusing on her and making the entire movie about her, but. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, I thought they did a pretty good job because, you know, I figured the movie was going to be about 90, 90% on her and yeah. 10% Turtles. But, you know, I think they scaled it back. It was probably about 60-40. Yeah. Uh, so it was still more on her than I would have liked. But, you know, I was, uh, I guess I was expecting there to be, like like I said, I was expecting it to be 90%. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was 60%. And, um I thought her performance was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was bearable, and it was really—I I felt like she was trying to do uh, to do justice to the the role. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of parts where, you know, I thought 
that the acting was a little weird. Like when she <laughs> comes back, she comes back and she's telling her friend uh, about what had just happened after she saw the turtles. Mm. Um, she's trying to explain that, you know, there's these vigilantes and stuff. And in that scene, she's like overacting with her hands. It was really weird. <laughs> like she was making a ton of hand movements. Like I could just picture the director telling her, no, 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 you need to move your hands more. And like, she kind of overdid it. Uh-huh. It just, it, it didn't feel very, uh, authentic, I guess, or, um, or candid when she was talking about this. Oh man. I'll it have felt to watch more, that again. Yeah. It felt kind of rehearsed, but, uh, but I mean, overall, like I think she did a good job of making, April, uh, her character be about trying to tell a story and do her job about, you know, actually reporting a story. It wasn't about her mm-hmm. being, you know, super hot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's it all about, about her. That. Yeah. Right. It was more, it was more about her trying to accomplish her tasks. So, right. Right. Yeah. I, I thought she, she did a, a pretty good job in, in the role and that, um, if I could pick somebody else to play the role, I'm not sure who, or mm-hmm. if I choose somebody else. Cause I, I thought she did a decent job. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You and I are, spot on with that like i don't think i kind of was hoping she wouldn't you know like you just mentioned she wouldn't it wouldn't be all about how pretty she is and you know just spotlighting her in that way you know i was hoping that they kind of portray her like april's always been portrayed as a you know smart independent uh go-getter kind of woman and they did that uh i thought they did that very well and i thought megan's megan fox's performance was it was better than i thought is she still the best april no, in my opinion, she's not. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. And like you said, it wasn't completely about her. She was the main character. I mean, but again, the turtles, it's not like the turtles weren't in there enough, in my opinion. They were there when they needed to be there. And I, I was overall okay with her. She was not a big gripe uh, uh, for me in the film. Yeah, and they, they went out of their way again, like with the whole, uh, when they said, are they aliens? No, that's stupid. Another thing they did to make sure that they were emphasizing the point that it wasn't about, you know, Megan Fox, you know, being a model or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. In the very beginning, like the first news story she does with the whole um, trampoline training or whatever. And she oh, was yeah. like, ups- she was like upset that she got a, a story that was just about trying to show off the fact that she was pretty. And then, you know, there's, they have a conversation about that where Verdon's like, Oh, well you're the, uh, you're the froth and the coffee or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. Froth, you know, <laughs> and she she took offense to that. So like they went out of their way to make a point that uh, you know that April wasn't like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I uh, so yeah, all right. So we're both cool with that. Um, so the turtles' personalities. What do you think? I mean, did did this movie do them justice as far as spotlighting each turtle? Did you feel like some were developed over others? I mean, like, what did you think? Did they feel like um, turtles to you? I think they did do a pretty good job. Yeah, they definitely showed, you know, the fact that they were brothers. And one thing I was thinking about was uh, if they didn't have their do-rags or bandanas or whatever <laughs> those were, um, if they didn't have the bandanas on without color and they didn't have the weapons, would you be able to tell which, tur- which turtle was which? And, and I would say definitely yes, you know. Uh, they definitely did the, the kind of goofy thing with Mikey. The, they showed the tech thing with with uh Donatello and with Raphael and Leonardo going kind of going at it. They did that pretty close to the beginning of the movie. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like they stayed true to the personalities of the turtles. Um, I, I kind of was thinking I, I would have liked to see them uh, to develop them a little bit more yeah. like with, uh, with Michelangelo, they really only showed his playful side, I guess, and his joking side, which 
I feel like, uh, you know, especially like with the path and everything, there's a deeper part to Michelangelo that really didn't get shown. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess that would be kind of tough to do in just the first movie yeah, with everything else going on. That's true. I mean, there's so much going on, so I, I can't be too nitpicky there. But this is where the movie, to me, kind of falls into the okay category because I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like Leonardo in particular, it's like they, I, I can't think of one thing that Leonardo did that stands out to me. You know, as far as his personality and, and showcasing that. I feel like Donatello, there's a couple scenes where Donatello, you know, he's doing some pretty neat stuff. And, of course, Raph, you know, it seems like every Turtles film, you know, Raph gets the, the, some pretty good spotlight. And then Michelangelo, uh, he's goofy as ever. Uh, but I feel like Leo didn't do much. Uh, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from because the only way that they indicated that he was a leader really was when he was reacting to Raphael. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really, yeah, they didn't have a scene of him, like, on his own, like, you know, like they do in some of the comics where he'll be on a rooftop on his own, like, trying to think and plan things out and worrying about his brothers and mm-hmm. am I doing a good job as a leader? Right. Yeah, they didn't really they didn't really portray any of that in the movie, I would agree. Yeah, and, uh, and in the original film, you kind of see that more. Like, I, I, I think of Leonardo, and I can actually, you know, literally think of things that he did in the first film. Uh, of course, Raphael, I can think of things he did. Michelangelo and Donatello. Uh, but in this one, it seemed like, and I guess just because there's a lot of April, uh, April O'Neil in the movie. There's a lot of plot development. And you've only got, like, you know, some snippets of the turtles each time. It's hard to showcase their personalities that well with the limited time that you have. But what, ma- what gives me a lot of hope is the fact that there's another one coming out. You know, there's time for that. At first, I wasn't sure. I didn't know if this was going to be like another 2007 film where that's it. That's all you get. If that were the case, I would probably score this film lower. But, you know, overall, I thought the Turtles were pretty good. Now, let me ask you this. Did you think there were some cheesy parts or parts that were trying to be too funny and they just weren't? Uh, yeah, like the fart joke they had in there. I didn't really like that. Um, I don't even remember that. Yeah, there was... They're they're all kind of piled on top of each other and they farted, which was like, oh yeah 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 yeah. I was kind of like really like I don't know. <laughs> We're going I mean, that side, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as if as if it wasn't like kitty enough, I guess in some senses. Like, I like you know, one Mike the comedy that I like almost uh, probably the best is like when Michelangelo was doing the movie quotes uh, or impressions. Oh in the yeah, first film. yeah, definitely. Yeah, like or you know when they. I don't know, just making like references to popular culture and stuff like that. To me, is, uh, it's it's funnier, and I thought that was kind of just kind of dumbed down a little something bit. Else. Yeah, they could have done something else there, you know. And right, I really I, didn't like that. Can what I ask you, you this? Did the well, I'm the same way, and it felt it felt like the turtles were kind of acting like a little bit more thuggish. You know what? Yeah, not, absolutely. Yeah, not, not that there's they anything wrong with that, but more just, like bullies or something. Yeah, like, kinda. The first rooftop scene with April, you know, when they catch her, like... Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of bullying her almost. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, I know they were kind of joking when they did it, but it's like a... That, that's the side of the Turtles I've never seen before, where they're kind of acting like thugs a little bit, you know, and, and uh, I don't know. I, did, I don't know how I feel about that, but, you know, that's nitpicky. I know, I know it is. I know it is. So uh, let, let's talk about uh, Splinter, man. What would you think of him? Um... I liked the action scenes where he was fighting with uh, Shredder. With Shredder, yeah. Oh, that was my favorite scene. Yeah, that was that was excellent. But, I did not like the voice actor though. Oh, I was gonna say that. 
uh, is it Tony Shalhoub, um, Monk? I was yeah. going to say, I don't think the voice fits him. I mean, I no. just, I'm his personal preference. I don't, it's not nothing against him. Uh, and I know a lot of people that actually th- thought his voice suited very well. But to me, it just didn't fit. And there were also a couple of kind of um, aggressive parts to Splinter in this film. Yeah. Well, I guess the the whole Splinter character, there was a, I didn't like the voice acting. I didn't like the way he looked either. And it was really tough that they missed on both of those. Uh, and then the the third one, which I really did not like at all, was the fact that the only reason he knows ninjutsu is because he found a book and read it and right. taught himself. And to me, I was like, I mean, if you're going to be like, when I think of Splinter, I think of like a sage-like ninja master who's like the best of the best. Right. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just a smart rat that read a book. I mean, to me, it was just, <laughs> I was like, I didn't like that at all. Like, there's, I felt like there should have been something else. You know, yeah. even even um, the head villain, not Shredder, but, uh, oh, shoot, what is his name? Oh, uh, Sax? Yeah, Eric Sax. He was born in Japan. Right. And it's like so. And Splinter had no link to Japan. I just I didn't like that at all. But um, you know they did. At least they portrayed him as being a good, uh, a good like ninja master when they were showing the training scenes and when they were showing him fighting uh, Shredder. They showed that he was really proficient. But um, I guess I it just I didn't like the fact that he read a book and I didn't like that. Um, and one of the scenes Leonardo just calls him dad, which mm. I I like better. It just seemed it just seemed like I don't know. He wasn't as like wise and sage like they didn't portray him like that and then when when he was punishing the turtles um oh, and he's hitting them yeah and well and he made him uh like balance stuff or whatever uh, oh yeah that's right yeah i just um i don't know it it, just, it didn't really seem like it had fit as much to me like it's just a, a really big contrast between that and in the original film you at the very beginning you see splinter talking to Raphael, you know about conquer, you know, um, oh, being an scene. unconquerable. Yeah, like it, you showed it like as a wise, compassionate father, not like uh-huh. I don't know. Although, although you know, the one thing, and I, okay, I'll I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the end because we're gonna talk about our favorite scene at the end. Uh, I'll just wait till then. But I, I'm with you. Like I, I feel like there were a co- couple parts of his character that were a little bit off. Uh, he didn't seem as sage like, which was is what we're all used to. Uh, I still love him as a character. I mean, I'll, I'll always, I'm a Splinter guy. You know, when everyone says, who's your favorite turtle? I say, none, it's Splinter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not necessarily true, but I do that for, you know, comedic sake. But, (laughs) um, Splinter is okay. I mean, he's okay. But now here's an interesting one. Shredder. What do you think? Um... I honestly, I felt like the movie didn't give me a good enough feel for yes, his character. I agree. Yeah, it wasn't developed enough. It was mainly focused on the sax guy. Yeah. Which, and I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know why they did that. I don't understand that. Like, I, no, my only guess is maybe Shredder's going to be the focus of the second film. You know, maybe. Al- yeah. Almost like you know, in the Batman films, you know, the the mo- the main focus at first was Ra's al Ghul. And then you get the big showdown in the second film with uh, Joker, you know. And I'm I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, we got a teaser. We got a little taste of what Shredder can do, you know, to the turtles in the first film. But wait till he comes back in the second one, you know. 
I'm hoping that's it. I'm holding out for that because I feel like they didn't really write him that much of a story in the first film. No, and it, basically the, the the takeaway I had for Shredder was he's big, he's really strong because he has armor, not because he's a great ninja. Right. Um, and he's he's more he's interested in having the Foot Clan uh, become, I guess, a force to be reckoned with again and and become strong again, mm. but. I the Foot Clan honestly, and someone said this to me right after they saw the movie. I got a message on Facebook. Uh, uh, my friend Joel he sent me a message and he said, "When did the Foot Clan become a SWAT team?" Right, and it's totally right. All of them they use guns and they use uh, like taser uh, cattle prod things on the turtles. Right, I know they're it's not like... ninjas at all in yeah. any sense, and they're wearing like tactical gear and masks. And I'm like, so uh, you know, again, it, like to me, Shredder is. Um, basically the opposite of Splinter. He's not loving, but he's a really uh, strict ninja master, and he taught the Foot Clan, and it's actually a band of like ninjas. Right. And in this, it was more like his tactical SWAT team, mm-hmm. and he's just got uh, ninja armor, so you know, or, you know, just got really strong armor. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like uh, it was kind of just more about uh, trying to modernize them rather than making them actually. Uh, ninjas, I guess. I don't know. And the voice. What'd you think of the voice? Um, I don't really remember it. Uh, it was it was forgettable to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It was what just you okay. About it, but yeah, it was just a. You know, it was okay. And 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 listeners, please please forgive us. We we, we don't want to sound negative on this film because overall, it's not a bad film. It, I think Josh and I both agree that we're just kind of nitpicking some of the things you know that we originally thought. It's still fresh in our minds. I wanted to talk about one other thing. I wanted to nitpick while we're on the subject. Go ahead. Go ahead. Before we go to positive, um, <laughs> Burn Thompson, or what? Did they change the name to Bernadette or something like that? Oh, um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg's they, character. Yeah, they brought. Yeah, they they brought Whoopi Goldberg in, which is like. So I was trying to figure this out. I mean, again, it's like if you're going to bring in characters from the cartoon. Vernon and Byrne, everyone remembers them, but they're not like the greatest characters of all time. You know, it's like right. you could have left them. I'm like, okay, they brought Byrne and cool, whatever. <laughs> but thinking about it, it was like I thought the the performance was forgettable. I mean, basically, it's Byrne. Byrne is like, uh, what you know, Whoopi Goldberg is like. April comes and says, "Oh, I I found this," and she's like, "You have any proof?" No. Eh. No, I don't, I'm going to pretend we didn't have this conversation. That was the first scene. And then the second scene was April, like, kind of talking really fast and flipping out, like, oh, look, you know, they're, they're these turtles. And they show Whoopi Goldberg going, uh, basically, what, are you nuts? Really? And then fires her. But, like, to me... And that was it, too. It could, yeah, it could have been anybody. There was two scenes, and it burn to me, burn is like, you know, April, go get out there, get me a story. Yeah, or, April. You know, yeah, go 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 go. You know, like, <laughs> like there was always this like, I don't know, always pushing April to do more. And in mm-hmm. this one, it was just basically telling April, "No, you're crazy. No, your story's not anything." And like, you know, I think Whoopi Goldberg's a, a good actress, but yeah, nothing. It could have been pl- it could have been played by anybody. Like the the role was forgettable. Like I I don't understand why did you even bother trying to make it Burn Thompson? You just should have just made it April's boss because right. it had nothing to do with the comic character as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. or the cartoon character really. Yeah, you know that that's interesting cuz you know and, and again, no disrespect to Whoopi Goldberg, uh but I kind of f- forgot all about that character until you just brought that up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like if you're going to bring the character back, great. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm good with doing a new take, but it just the character was forgettable mm-hmm. and didn't really have much impact on the story. It could have just been. I mean, they could have probably cut those scenes completely from the movie, and it would have been the same to me. I mm-hmm. mean, absolutely. So, all right, man. Uh, any more gripes before we get into the good stuff? Um, I'm trying to think of some myself. Uh, beside, you know. No, I, I guess that's it for me. Oh, oh, uh, there's one more. There's one more. Karai. They made her look oh, far too weak in this movie. They did, yeah. You know, Karai again, was like that a... was another. That was another case where they, they brought a character in when you're like, okay, you're going to bring the character in, cool. But then they just, you know, they didn't develop it or make the character awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I love Karai. I mean, she pretty much took over the Foot Clan when the Shredder was gone, uh, and, you know, in the comic books. And, you know, she's supposed to be tough. You know, she's not supposed to be, you know, kind of skittish of Shredder and everything. And she's not supposed to be, uh, you know, easily defeated by the Turtles and everything. She's supposed to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think Nickelodeon Cartoon does a really nice job of that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, she yeah. jacks up the Turtles a few times in that show. <laughs> well, one thing that really bothers me is a lot of people that have, that know the Turtles have never read the comics. They have no idea who Karai is. Mm-hmm. If you just watched the 87 series and the original movies, you, you would never know about her. Right. And so they bring her in here. They call her Karai by name, but, but definitely not by character. Right. She she doesn't really stand out. She's just kind of a very minor character. Like, and, and even if for someone who had just seen the movie for the first time and you asked, you know, what'd you think of Karai? They'd be like, who? Yeah. You know, they wouldn't know who you were talking about. And, Again, I think part of it was that she was surrounded by the SWAT team. Yep. Everyone with guns. And then, like you said, you know, the turtles just came in uh, in that subway scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't even really a showdown between her and her and the turtles that I remember. Yeah. It might have been a scene or two, but... I don't think she fought very much. Yeah, I was I was expecting a showdown between her and Leonardo, you know? Yeah. Oh, Like, they get awesome. separated, some kind of rooftop fight where, you know, I, I don't know. And they she gets the best of them. I would rather they have just made a a, a nameless or faceless uh, Foot Clan supervisor or whatever because <laughs> that's all she was really. And, yeah, it was kind of disappointing. Well, well, my wife, she said something kind of funny. Uh, she had one gripe. She's like, she's like, is it just me or did that hill that they were sliding down, like, was that like 20 miles? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. So everybody that I've talked to is like, that scene was way too long. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was it was cool. It was cool. I mean, it was neat what they did. And who knows how much time that that took to do something like that? But uh, yeah, my wife was just, like, "That's the thing that she remembered." Now let me ask you something, Rob. Why were they sliding down the hill? Oh gosh, I can't. Remember. Wasn't it a car wreck or something like that? Or no, no idea. Nobody knows. Nobody knows why. <laughs> like everyone I asked, they're like, uh, "I don't, I don't remember. I just remember that part was really long." Yeah, and that's kind of like the point. It's like. Okay, you're showing off CGI, which was cool. It was a cool scene. And that's, oh, yeah. That's actually one of the good things, I guess, so now that we're transitioning to the good parts. Yes. It was a good scene. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked their use of CGI. I liked uh, the fact that they were sliding on their backs, I guess, to show that there were turtles. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, a good way of incorporating it. But, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it was kind of long, and nobody, nobody remembers why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, what were they doing? Yeah. They were going to go sledding I, before they uh, fight the, the Shredder again. I guess I, I don't know. Yeah, and you uh, have like all these falling trucks and everything, uh, you know, falling down with them. So I think it was a car wreck. I don't. I mean, I think it was an accident, and they just went over the edge. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, they were being chased for some reason, and yeah, ended up on the on the snowmobile. But that that was a cool scene, though. You got mm-hmm. to see the turtles working together, uh, you know, kind of as a unit. You know, the uh, the action was 
was pretty intense. The CGI was uh, pretty detailed. I guess the uh, the graphics and everything were impressive. Uh, the the effect that they got when they were getting shocked. Uh, oh yeah, that looked pretty cool. Yeah. So and I like when um, Michelangelo busted out that like uh, the hoverboard, the the Pitbull hoverboard hoverboard from Back to the Future Two. Oh yeah, the jets on it. <laughs> he busted that out. You know that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I like the uh, the slingshot move with uh, Donatello. I think it was Raph grabbed the end of his bow staff and oh, Donatello yeah. swung it around and flinged him forward. That was pretty cool. That was cool. That was cool. And you know what? Th- this is where the film shines because the action scenes, very good. Very good. I mean, I knew going in they were going to be good. You know, that's one thing you can count on with, you know, and I know Michael Bay didn't direct the film. I mean, I know that, but, you know, just his hand in it. And, and I just knew this film will have good action. I mean, it's a Turtles film. You know, it's going to have good action no matter who produces it. Um, and this film certainly didn't didn't disappoint. I mean, I thought the fight scene with the turtles, despite the fact that we didn't really care for the way Shredder actually fought. I mean, you know, he was more like a big bulky guy that's going to just beat you, bludgeon you to death. But I guess then again, with the big turtles, you about need to have that physical presence mm-hmm. um, because they're so steroid big. But yeah. uh, but the fight scene, even with Shredder, was still good to me. You know. Uh, I, I thought that was one of the best fight scenes, uh, but my favorite fight scene ha- would have to be, you know, Shredder and Splinter. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. But uh, before- I like I liked when he was shooting all those uh, those blades out, and it kind of went into slow motion, and you saw Splinter like flipping and dodging them as he was coming back to the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. That was pretty awesome. That was awesome. Yep. I I did like um you know we had talked about the trailer and I was nervous how they just revealed Mikey's face right at the beginning of the trailer but the movie didn't do that the movie did a pretty good job mm-hmm. of you know these vigilantes you don't know who they are or what they're doing and it was really kind of um, dark and hard to see what was going on but you knew it was the turtles mm-hmm. uh, and I think the best part and best example of that was that subway scene where the SWAT teams got everyone uh, held hostage uh, I mean uh, the Foot Clan. Uh, (laughs) uh, they've got april and everyone held hostage and then you just you kind of hear um the turtles coming down the subway and as the train's going by you know the lights kind of flickering and you're just seeing kind of flashed images of the turtles coming out of nowhere it reminded me a lot of uh, the first action scene in the original movie oh yeah yeah you kind of see them in shadows it's pretty neat yeah they did an excellent job of revealing the turtles in that way um I, I really like that. I think they did an excellent job, mm-hmm. and uh, it was cool how they they left all the the foot soldiers tied up together, and they just left. It reminded me of uh, the uh, the second Turtles movie, where Kino is down there in the um, I don't know what kind of some kind of shopping area or whatever, and he runs into a bunch of the foot soldiers, and then the <laughs> turtles come in and fight him. And when the turtles leave, you know they're all piled up and tied up, and there's like one hanging from the ceiling or whatever. <laughs> Like it just reminded me of that. I thought I thought it was a pretty cool, um, you know, homage to the uh, I guess the way that they did it in the other movie. So mm-hmm. it was cool. Yeah, they're nice little nods. I wish I had wrote, written them down because it's been about two weeks since I've seen it, and I, there's a I remember sitting there at the time. There were about four or five references to the first film, the comics, uh, and I just can't seem to remember them. But they were there, and I appreciate that. It's like they did their homework there. Uh, and oh, I, I love when they did. Uh, they showed the TCRI canister. That was awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. They did, didn't they? It actually said TCRI on it. Yep. That was really cool. Yep. Um, and they they actually said that it was. I think I don't know if they were saying they weren't sure or they were sure that it was from outer space, but that was cool. Yeah. You know, because that kind of. I'm hoping that they explore that more in the second uh, movie. Oh, that Secret of the Use Part Two. 
<laughs> That's going to be what it's called. Yep. Sick of the U squared. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess uh, another like talking about the nods. Like I really liked uh, when uh, April April gets brought back to their lair, and um, you know she knows them or whatever from when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. She happens to already know their names, so they bring him in, and she's like Splinter. And uh, I think Raffer, someone's like, did you tell her her name? And then Michelangelo goes, maybe she's a Jedi. <laughs> like, I thought it was hilarious. You know, it was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like, that's something that Michelangelo would say. Yeah. That's a good reference. Like, they, they kind of redeemed his character for me. That was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I'm just going to get into my favorite scene. My favorite scene, and the reason it's my favorite, I don't know. When I watch the first film, there's always at least one scene that just kind of gives me goosebumps almost like I don't know there's something about that first film that kind of gets my blood pumping you know it's I don't know if it's the music that has something to do with I it. think it's the 9.95 song <laughs> that's it <laughs> I mean it's partners in crime man oh it know? could be I could On be the half, sure. yeah the, the heroes four. <laughs> oh, he's going again well <laughs> <laughs> get me started man I'll wrap that thing <laughs> um but there, there's one scene in this film that got me there and I was like holy cow I haven't felt this way since the first film and it's the scene where I don't know if you felt this way when you first watched it, Josh, but when I saw it, I thought Splinter was dead. Like Shredder picks up Splinter, and he just you know you see Splinter just kind of barely t- you know st- still holding on you know to consciousness. And he's looking at Leonardo, and he says, "Run!" Or so it was either April or Leonardo. It was somebody, and then Shredder just you know gives him one more like death blow. I mean. I thought I thought Shredder had just killed Splinter. I like I thought Splinter was dead in this, and my heart just sank. It was like, wow, you know what? I do care about this character. I do care about what they're doing, even though I might not necessarily like the voice actor or you know that he, there's a couple of scenes where he he just seems a little bit more aggressive towards the turtles than what we're used to. Although you see that in the Nickelodeon series a little bit, that made me care. And for you know a good five minutes or so before I realized Splinter was okay, I was concerned. I was like, "Did they just?" Was kill- this like the scene where the uh, April's apartment burned down and you started crying? <laughs> uh, Were you crying in the theater? I wasn't. Take off. No, I was just gonna get some more snow caps. Uh, and I'm gonna ask tissues. your wife. I don't know. I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that made me care, and that was the scene that stands out to me. That's my favorite scene because for a split second. I thought my favorite character was just killed on screen, and I was like, I was very passionate about that moment. I was like, this better not happen. I will walk out. <laughs> and some, for some strange reason, I liked that. I don't. That was well done to me. So, what about you, man? And what's your favorite scene in this film? I think it's probably that subway scene when the turtles are coming and beating up all the uh, ah the reveal. Yeah, nice. yeah. I think that's probably my favorite scene. Uh, I did. I did like the uh, the elevator scene. Oh, where they're all like beatboxing. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. funny. That was funny. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and I I didn't notice it until uh you know I was at um I, I happened to go to a video game store this weekend, uh, Destiny Games in Canton, Michigan. Great store, great nice. retro store. Uh, I walk in and my my buddy Roman's there and he's like, hey, how you doing? And we started talking about the movie and um I, I don't know his name but there was another guy there and uh, he said one of his favorite things was. The fact that they they made a reference and 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 came back to it later, when uh, Raphael when they get back to the the turtle layer at the the first time, they had been out they came back and um, right before Splinter catches him and yells at him, 
uh, Raphael, I think Leo's telling him to be quiet, and Raphael's like, no, man, uh, I'm getting out of here after this. You know, I'm going out on my own. And Michelangelo goes, no, dude, you can't leave. You're a hype man. How are we going to release our Christmas rap album or whatever? Oh, yes. And I think they were they might have been referring to that. To the rap uh, rap. Yeah, yeah, the rap rap, dude. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. That's but, one of the uh, ones I was going to say. I was like, did he just make a reference to We Wish You a Turtle Christmas? I think he did. And that was that was the greatest. But uh, it, it, was, it was just amazing that they did that. <laughs> um, but but actually, uh, the, the elevator scene Raph kicks in in their rap. So I think that was like they were him being the hype man. They were like he was saying that he thought that they were uh <laughs> they were referencing that in an earlier scene, which is kind of cool. That but, is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Rap rap. <laughs> rap rap. <laughs> <laughs> Put the gift inside. <laughs> Cuz I take a lot of pride. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, man. So the the verdict, all right? We we've been talking about it for months leading up to it. Um are you happy? Are you disappointed? Uh, what's up? What do you think? I would say content. I, I was I was content with it. I uh, I will definitely watch it again. I'll buy it on Blu-ray. Uh, I would say that uh, if you're a Turtle fan, you should definitely check it out. I I would probably give it about a, a seven out of ten. Oh, that's fair. Um, yeah. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a good movie. Uh, is it great? No. It's is is it my favorite? No. But it's still a good Turtles movie. There are still a lot of funny parts, just a lot of good action scenes. There's there's one or two kind of cliffhanger moments that really got my blood pumping. I say it's a solid Turtles film. It's better than I expected it to be. Um, and I got my money's worth. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. And I will definitely get this on DVD. So, so you know, as much as we bashed it at first, you know, now you know that overall it was a pretty solid film. Now, we got some listener feedback from this, and I'm going to read them. Boy, they were all over the place. I'm telling you, like, there's some people that just flat out hated it. There's other people who thought it was okay, and there's other people that loved it. As a matter of fact, um, a buddy of mine, I want to give him another shout-out, uh, Josh from Bargain Bin Radio and his wife. They do an awesome podcast. If you haven't seen it, they're on iTunes. Check it out. It's really good. It's about a lot of, um, you know, cool, like, pop culture and geek stuff. You know anything a nerd like uh, Josh and myself could ever want. He and his wife went to go see it, and they took their kids to see it as well. They absolutely loved it. I mean, they thought it was one of the, the uh, better Turtles films, and um, you know I, I'm happy for them for that reason. And they even had the, uh, their little girl come on the show and say how much she liked it. And, and they they did a really good job of summarizing the movie and everything. Check out their uh, their latest episode where they discuss the summer movies. Uh, they do a really good job with that. So he loved That's it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's worth mentioning that, I mean, the movie was number one in the box office for two weeks in a row. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's because they had such a big opening and uh, made so much money off of it that they're going to make a sequel. So, you know, I think that commercial success, I mean, that is, I guess that's part of it, right? You know, because oh, yeah. if it failed miserably, you know, it would greatly reduce the chance of us getting another film. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That. <clears throat> now, uh, first things first, our buddy Eric Sonnikolb, he uh, watched the film, and he wrote us just a, just a quick little thing. But, you know, he also mentioned something that we were wondering about in uh, the previous episode where we watched the original film. And he says, hey, guys, just listen to your commentary on the first Turtles movie. Another great episode. Thank you, Eric, for that. It really cracked me up when you said you were going to get a personal pan pizza with your book it button. That, I think that was your line there, Josh. Nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, somebody's probably already told you, but you guys asked a couple of times about Danny's shirt in the episode, and it's Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols, which was a famous punk rock band. So, uh, so there it is, man. I had a feeling it was a musician. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So here's what he says. Can't wait to hear what you think about the new movie. I went Saturday night, and my brother and I grew up loving the Turtles, and it was cool to go see it with them. It wasn't a great movie, especially after just seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, but I did like it. It had some good action. Shredder was pretty cool, and there were some pretty funny gags. It took a minute to get used to them, but I did eventually grow to like their designs. But I was pretty disappointed with how they handled Karai and Splinter. They were very one-dimensional, and the characters deserved a better treatment. Ah, uh, well, hope to see Casey in the sequel. Congrats on making it to the one-year anniversary. Keep up the great work, Eric. Oh, thanks, Eric. Yeah, very nice, man. Thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think we definitely touched on, you know, Karai in particular, uh, how we wish they kind of want to handle that a little bit differently. But I would put him down as kind of like an okay, you know, kind of category um, as far as the film and everything. So our buddy Thomas, uh, he sent us an email. Now, this is a long one, uh, but I'll go ahead and read it because it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty passionate. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so uh, let me read this real quick. Uh, hey, guys, just writing in my review of the film. This film lacks soul. First problem with the film, they put a lot of focus on April O'Neil, less on the, the Ninja Turtles, which I think Bay might have had his finger on here because this same thing he does with the Transformers films, he puts more focus on the humans than the Transformers. Megan Fox was a bad choice for April O'Neil. Throughout this movie, Megan Fox seems so dead in the face. She barely had any emotion or awareness in her scenes. I had a hard time buying her as a close friend of the Turtles and a, a tough-as-nails news reporter. Will Arnett as Vernon Fenwick brought nothing to nothing except his usual smart-mouth lines. In the cartoon, Vernon is a selfish coward. In this film, Will Arnett just played a smart-mouth who's trying to get a date with April. Why was Whoopi Goldberg in this film? Those two scenes... <laughs> that's what you were kind of going with there, Josh. Yeah. Uh, those two scenes she appeared in could have been done away by... Done by anyone. Wow, that's exactly what you said. That's, well, that is exactly... Yeah. What I said. You know what? It reminded me of... It reminded me of... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but... Uh, Wayne's World 2. You know when uh -huh. they're... Uh, he's, he's trying to find Cassandra and which, uh, which, which church she's at. And he stops at the gas station. And he's like, where's the second... Uh, what is it? Like the... Um, uh, whatever church it is, like the Second Baptist Church or whatever like that, and they're like, and he's talking to the guy at the gas station, and he's like, hold on, can't we get someone better for this part? And they, get, <laughs> and they go and they get Charlton Heston, ah, Gordon Street. Like, that's totally what they did. Like, for this small part in the movie, that didn't really matter. They, like, get this, like, really famous actor and put him in. It was hilarious. Right, give him two lines, nail it. <laughs> yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed you. Oh, you, you always do. No, get yeah, it. Well, that's what I do. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, with the case of the Turtles look in the film, I feel that this, this was a case of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Turtles have lasted 30 years with just wearing masks, knee and elbow pads, and uh, belts to hold their weapons. And socks, too. You know, black socks. I, I add that yeah. line. <laughs> uh, why they felt the need to put all this extra garbage on them made no sense. The one that looked the worst was uh, out of the four was Donatello. How is Donatello supposed to be flipping around and doing ninja moves with all the tech gear on his back? That's a good point, actually. <laughs> the glasses were so unnecessary, and whoever voiced Donatello failed. Donatello oh, wait, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was just normal voice, I guess, you know. Donatello is supposed to be smart one, but he shouldn't sound and look like a wimpy geek. Splinter looked gross and scary. 
<laughs> also, he lacked wisdom and the fatherly virtues that he had in the other interpretations. They did try to give him a sage old voice, but it fell short compared to the 87 Splinter, the 1990 film Splinter, and the 2003 Splinter, and 2007 Splinter. The film Splinter. By not having a Hamato Yoshi connection, you lose the tragedy that gives depth to the Splinter character. The original comic in the 2003 series, he lost his father. The 87 series, he lost his humanity. The IDW series, he lost his family. The 2012 series, he lost his humanity and his daughter. In this version, he doesn't lose anything. Having Splinter learn Nijitsu from a book instead of... Oh, there you go again, Josh. Uh, from a book instead of learning it from Hamato Yoshi, or being Hamato Yoshi, didn't work for me. I feel the martial arts is one of those things that you have to see the physical demonstrations and the motions. It can't be learned easily from a book. That Shredder outfit looked ridiculous. I kept thinking that it was Skeletor and all he was missing was a Havoc staff. As, <laughs> as he's seen in the comics in the 2003 series, you don't have to stack a bunch of blades on Shredder to make him menacing. When the Turtles were fighting Shredder, it reminded me of the bad Silver Samurai fight with the, in the Wolverine film. The Wolf Clan being soldiers instead of ninjas made the fight scenes less fun. With the Foot Clan using guns instead of weapons, some fight scenes are spent with the Turtles deflecting bullets instead of fighting ninja to ninja. The change of the origin to make April not only name them uh, and also save their lives was a little too convenient for my taste. Why would a little girl have the sense of awareness to put these lab pets into the sewer while her father is dying? Here's a plot issue. Wasn't it said by the turtles that they can't let the tower fall to the ground because it will release the deadly virus on the public? Well, the tower fell to the ground and nothing happened. So, what was the <laughs> point of that scene? It's <laughs> a good point. You know, I, I mean, if you really look at the plot, you know, there's things you can catch. Uh, I know kids will probably love this film, so that's great for the franchise. Going into this film, I figured there is no way this version would be worse than TMNT3. But I was wrong. This was worse than TMNT3. Now I'm not saying that TMNT3 is a masterpiece. It is awful. However, Turtles 3 <laughs> is so bad at points, it's entertaining, and it gave a sense of effort. Outside of the CGI, in terms, in terms of some of the acting and the writing and editing, it didn't seem that anyone was trying in this film. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thomas. So, wow. I mean, very passionate, Thomas, and you make some good points, man. You know, I would put Thomas in the strongly, you know, I mean, I know it's an obvious statement, but I'd say he didn't care for the film. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he makes some, some valid points. You know, I'm not crazy about all the clothes, you know, and stuff. We kind of already talked about it. But, but yeah, there's one that uh, just absolutely hated it. So there's three that I um, that we have. And there, I think there are a couple more, but I, I'm kind of having a hard time finding them. Uh, but there's three on you know each spectrum of this film. One absolutely loved it, Josh, and then uh, Eric thought it was okay, and then Thomas just uh, thought it was worse than TMNT three, which is bold. Now I'm kind of curious, what do you think, Josh? Is this worse than TMNT three? No, no, uh, I, it's <laughs> it's not as good as two, but it's not as bad as three. I would go, I would say the uh, the best movie is the first film. Mm. The second best is the 2007. The third best is the second film, then this one, and then Turtles 3. I would kind of put mine there, too. Yeah. 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 Turtles 3, we'll get into that one day. Yeah, we'll see. We're, we're, oh, by the way, i got to apologize to our listeners. I said, like, you know, move, skip forward, like, 10 minutes. We ended up talking about this thing for, like, 45. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, you know, overall, Josh and I, we feel that this film was solid. You know, it was a solid film, solid effort. 
And, uh, you know, in the at the end of the day, it's just nice to be able to go see another Turtles film. So, so there you have it for that. So guess what, man? What? We got a toy to talk about. We do. We do. Let's raise some shell. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Mm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? Uh, today we are focusing on uh, the 2003 Shell Razor by Playmates. Now, immediately, this is one um, that is starting to get hard to find already. I, I noticed this. I was uh, searching it up on eBay, just kind of get an idea how much they uh, they cost, and there's not many on there. And I only found one box, and as a matter of fact, they went for like 150 bucks. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> 150 bucks, man. That's uh, that's a lot of pizza. Yeah, I know, I know. At least like a dozen boxes, you know, at least. Do so. you think? Do you think it would buy you the uh, the hundred cheese pizza? <laughs> the hundred fifty cheese pizza? It was it one hundred fifty? Oh, I don't know. I'm I just... remember. <laughs> I think it was a hundred. I'm not sure. It was in a Pizza Hut box though, so uh, I, I gotta wonder if they have it. But I tell you, if I ate that thing, man, I'd be constipated Dude, I'd be for blocked. like a year. Yeah, you'd be... <laughs> <laughs> be blocked, man. <laughs> Now, just looking at this this shell razor, Josh, what do you think? I mean, compared, think of it in this way: compared to the um, all the other vans, they you know the new one wasn't out yet. Obviously, the the new film one wasn't out. It was just this one and the original. What do you think of this one? Um, I like it. I, obviously, I like the original better. You can't beat the original. Oh uh, sure, but but you know, I felt like it's better than the one that's in the. Uh, in the next mutation because oh, yeah. it doesn't it looks like it wouldn't fire out a bunch of flames <laughs> as it drove it's by not a hummer uh, yeah that's not a hummer yeah right yeah the other one is just a hummer yeah. this one though this one is an armored car which actually is pretty funny because and in the uh the fourth volume yep uh the second episode that's exactly what they find they find an armored car from the 70s and that's just what this looks like so uh i really like it yeah me too you know I, when i remember this this coming out or when I rem- I do remember when this came out, uh, I hated it. I was like, that is not the turtle van. I said, really? Seriously? But, you know, I was biased. I mean, if, if that's why, like, the 2003 series, I wasn't super into it because it wasn't what I was used to. But at the same token, looking at it now and knowing about, you know, the other franchise and the other spins on things and stuff, I like it. I th- love the look of this fan. I mean, it's an, it's an armored, you know, truck. I mean, it really is. It's uh, mainly green. There's lots of uh, bell and whistles. There's lots of, uh, uh, like, little red lights and stuff. They've got um, two gun turrets on the top that you can put uh, plastic missiles in. And then there's a little button in between those two. You press down, and then it opens up uh, another two um, gun turrets. So, you know, hey, you can't go wrong with uh, more gun turrets, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the there's a lot of little detention to detail as far as the hubcaps, you know, say sewer on them, and then the license plate says TMNT. Um, it's plenty big enough for all four of the turtles to fit inside. The only gripe I have is the side door doesn't open. Um, it's just It just opens through the top. So... Well, actually, I do have another gripe. Inside, there are no, um, you know, stickers or anything. It's just three seats where the turtles can face each other and then the driver's seat. So, you know, the turtles can have a cocktail in the back while the one drives. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
Um, yeah, overall, though, I, I, I'm pretty impressed with uh, this toy. So what do you think, man? I like the design. Um, again, the whole armored car deal was uh, a good take on it. Again, the 2003 series always goes back to the comics, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that they did that. Um, I like the rivets that they have. You can see the rivets on the door, so it's really clear that it's supposed to be an armored car. Uh, like you said, good attention to detail. There's a lot of stickers on the outside. Uh, and I really like the uh, the the towing winch or whatever on the front of it. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a little red hook. And uh, I don't know if it actually works or not, but that would be pretty sweet if it does. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. It looks like it does. That would be pretty cool. So. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the front bumper. Yeah. Yeah, so just in case, you know, the turtles get stuck in a ditch or something like that, they can pull them out. <laughs> yeah, or if they find the old turtle van, you yeah. know. <laughs> You can pull it out. Uh, you, know? you can pull it out. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, it's got it's kind of got running boards on the sides uh, mm-hmm. where you could step up into the truck. So, uh, yeah, they, they definitely put a lot of uh, attention to detail in here. I guess the only the only gripe uh, would be for me uh, that it's the windows are kind of short. Yeah, they're really and small. And hard to see in, which, I mean, that's probably what I would imagine an armored truck would be like. But um, you know, it's kind of it's just kind of hard to see which turtles are in there or whatever. I guess right, and you know, it's going to be really hard for them to you know kind of drive around. I mean, their peripheral vision is going to be really messed up. True, yeah. Yeah, this is true. But they, yeah. they'll really have to rely on their mirrors. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, and it does actually have pretty large mirrors. Yeah, cool. I, I noticed that at first. I didn't see them. I was like, how are they going to back that thing up? And then I, I saw another picture. I was like, oh, I see him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they also have like these little handles all over the truck. Like I know there's one on the the left side, the back. Uh, there's like a, a couple of indentations on the the actual roof of it. So you know you can place your turtles all all throughout the outside of it. You know, kind of hanging onto the side and things like that. So that's really neat. Um, but yeah, it's basically like the original the original van, but on steroids and probably not as um, vibrant as far as the colors go as the original turtle van. But yeah, there's for, no yellow on this one. Yeah, I kind of miss the yellow and the you know the '80s kind of font and stuff. And it doesn't it doesn't scream turtles. Like if if someone who wasn't a, a diehard actually, I mean if I, I, this is the first time I've ever seen it. Mm. So if I saw this at a yard sale or something, I might suspect that it's the turtles, but I wouldn't instantly recognize the fact that it's turtles. You know? Right, right. You don't have I, the... could, I could pass it up on accident. You know? Right. Yeah. You you don't have the um you know like the bumper. Where it looks like a gritting, you know, a turtle gritting its teeth, you know, for the original turtle van. If you look at the uh-huh. bumper, it's it looks like a turtle gritting its teeth. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that kind of feel to it. But it's still a pretty solid figure, or uh, still a pretty solid uh, toy. And the other man did have a spoiler, you know, in case you get up to like 200 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> yeah, but this one doesn't. Yeah, so I know. Must not go. Aerodynamics. We got to ding it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you can find this on eBay. Uh, loose, they're kind of expensive. You know, I've seen them around, ranging from around 20 to $40 on eBay uh, out of the dozen or so that I saw. And, of course, that one box one was like $150. Um, oh, come on, Rob, pony up. <laughs> yeah. <it> up. <laughs> I don't think I can justify that to my wife. <laughs> yeah, hon. Uh, the turtle van. Yeah, went grocery shopping. You know, I paid a couple bills. Uh, <coughs> got a shell razor. She'd be like, what? <laughs> it's only $150. Like, you, $150 for the turtle van? I can't believe it. You know, first you forget to pick up the milk, and then you go and do something like this. And totally <laughs> redeem yourself. yourself. <laughs> it's like, you know, you open the top, and like, well, but hun, there's a note in there. And then it says, like, I love you or something like that. Huh? So there you go. You could work this thing. 
<laughs> You're my Venus de Milo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> First of all, she's like, who is that? I'm like, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, man. So overall, what would you give this? How many slices of pizza out of 10, my friend? Hmm. Let's see. Out of 10? Well, what did we say for the original van? Did we say 10? Um, I think we did. Either 9 or okay. 10. Yeah, if the original is 10, I would give this probably an 8. That's exactly what I gave this one. Yep. 8 slices of pizza out of 10. All right. Solid. I don't know if you want to pony up $150, but still solid nonetheless. And it's kind of hard to find nowadays. So if you got, if you have one, consider yourself pretty lucky and hold on to it. Or give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Josh. No, take off, Ozer. Oh, get out of here. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. All right, guys. I guess it's time for our comic focus. And Josh and I, we got a good one today, don't we, man? Yeah, we do. This one's great. I know. Uh, so much going on in this issue. Yeah, it reminded me of Star Wars, you know, where you got like three different things going on at once. I know. I'm cutting from one story to the other. I was like, it, man, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even keep track. I was like, wait, wait, what now? What? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was it was a little hard to follow. But um, yeah, it's uh, just because, I mean, not terribly hard to follow, but it was kind of like scattered. But mm-hmm. it was really interesting. It, it kept it kept my... Uh, Kept me turning the pages, man. This yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, me too. And, and it's cool because you kind of start seeing... Now, this is the third issue of the fourth volume. And it's de- it's written by Peter Laird. Uh, and it was penciled by Jim Lawson. And we'll talk of about course. it. Uh, of course. Of course. Dude, you didn't even have to look at the, the credits to see <laughs> that, man. Yeah. There's yeah. one page in particular. I was like, I could just like picture Jim Lawson as he's like thinking of this page and he's drawing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got to be having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> probably oh the dinosaur part yep yep, yep, yep. that's I it was like, i was like oh my god he like that's totally jim lawson he's like so excited to be doing this probably like a little kid drawing this i'm like oh my god that's awesome yeah yeah definitely definitely and you know the the cool thing is like with this issue at peter laird's style it kind of takes him a while to kind of get into the main you know meat of the plot but it's good because it's kind of like he. It takes a while for him to set up something, but once it finally sets up, the suspense starts setting up and everything. It's getting towards something major. So, so without further ado, um, oh, actually, before we get into the plot of it and everything, Josh, you want to talk about the previous issue? Sure. Yeah. And uh, Rob, it's funny you mentioned that. So, you know, I started. I try. I started trying to read, to read this issue without going back, and I was like, I don't remember what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I had to go back and kind of glance over the uh, the first two issues, but. Um, the first issue just kind of shows uh, there. It sh- it starts on the moon, mm-hmm. and you see these like Terminator-looking guys. <laughs> Terminator. And they end up, yeah. <laughs> they end up being the uh, the Utroms, and they're they're kind of on uh, on the moon doing something. You don't really know what. Um, and that's kind of like an isolated part of the first part of the story. And then it goes to the turtles, and they're fighting the uh, the Madhattan Malisha. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the. Um, just like the purple dragons, but mm-hmm. anyway, there's a fight, and uh, the turtles get separated as they're um, they're running. I don't. I think they were running away from the fight, or I think the, so. as the fight was occurring. Yeah, they kind of got separated. So Michelangelo got split off from the group, um, and he gets hit by a car, and he ends up getting taken to a, a superhero hospital, which is kind of funny. Yeah, like a mutant hospital. Looks awesome. Yeah, it's like yeah, um, and then the uh, the rest of the turtles are you know in the sewers and they end up finding an armored car that they're trying to repair. Mm-hmm. So um, it's got bodies in it. Yeah, yeah, dude, that was so cool. Like uh, they open up the back of it and it's like there's a, a skeleton and a guy wearing like this this big hat and like a vest and a big chain. He looked like a '70s pimp or something. 
Yep. That's it was a, hilarious. That's immediately what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was hilarious. So, yeah, there's, like, all this money in the back of it. So, like, apparently they knocked off a bank, drove into the sewers, and then for some reason died in there. Yeah, um, what happened there? Like, how did they die? I'm I'm wondering if they got locked in the back somehow or something. Oh, it's possible. Yeah, because that, yeah. that's never really explained. Even in this issue, you don't really know how they died. But it was, I don't know, I just thought it was so cool. It's like Blast from the Past, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, then that's, that's pretty much the first and second issues. Uh, um, you know, Michelangelo's in the mutant hospital and the turtles are working on this van. I think that's, that's mostly it. And then they, they do show the, um, the Utrons in outer space, uh, in preparing for something. You don't really know what. Um, yeah, you, you can tell, like, Peter Laird, I mean, when you read these first couple issues, you're like, man, this is so different. You know, this is not, I don't know, it just... It's not that it doesn't feel like a Ninja Turtles comic book, because it certainly does, but it's totally different take. I mean, with the Turtles being older, with the integration of other mutants in the series, I really like this volume for that reason. It's it's a whole new take, just like the IDW series. And this issue, I mean, this is a pretty good payoff issue. You see a lot of things going on. So, so first off, um, this issue was released in April of 2002, so it's hard to believe it's already 12 years old. Uh, like we said, it was written and lettered by Peter Laird. The layouts were done by Jim Lawson, and the cover was done by Michael Dooney. Um, now, we'll just kind of go over you know, a summary of this issue. Um, and it begins with kind of um, a side story here. It's uh, pretty interesting. It's, um, the opening scene takes place in, I think it's Guayana, Guayana Highlands, which is in southeastern Venezuela. And it looks like a team of scientists that are scaling a cliff trying to find something. And immediately I thought of Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> like I was awesome. waiting for them to find a mosquito, you know. In the amber, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it wasn't far was, from the truth. I was hoping to see a lawyer get eaten, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Off a toilet. <laughs> or, or at least see Nedry, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, that <laughs> would have been awesome. So, um, yeah, so during this excavation, you kind of get a hint that uh, the scientists are looking for a particular dinosaur. Uh, and dinosaur. A, a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I can't remember the names of every single one of them, but I knew one was the clumsy guy. His name is Bob. Uh, and the lead scientist, I believe his name was Ken, and one of the, the ladies was Beth. So apparently Bob is about to walk off a cliff um, you know, and he's talking about some kind of ship called the De the Defiant. Do you remember that, Josh? Yeah, he's like he's listening to a, a news radio station. Yeah, because <clears throat> he was tuned on on his radio, and I guess the news story was that the Defiant was still missing. There's some ship that's missing. Was it a like an aircraft or something? Or a... no, I I think it was a boat. I'm not sure. They didn't oh. really say. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so he's kind of listening to um, the radio and everything while they're supposed to be searching for this uh, for. Now, to my understanding, they're looking for a dinosaur, but the way they talk, like if if you look at the poster, the, or the, not the poster, the the drawing or sketch, you see notes on the sketch that say that the dinosaur has, or or, or that there were eyewitness accounts, which makes me believe that the dinosaur is still alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it wasn't really clear, like as to whether they were looking for remains, because I was like, oh, they're looking for dinosaur bones, and then yeah, that's like, what I thought. A second. Yeah, I was like sightings. You like, might have a real live dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Reconstructed from DNA. <laughs> I know DNA. <laughs> so, yeah, so apparently this dinosaur, uh, according to their sources, is still alive. Um, so Ken, you know, he's trying to motivate the team. Hey, we're going we're gonna to look all around and everything. And this is pretty cool because um, 
Uh, well, actually, first of all, Kenny, the the scientist, he saves Bob from about walking off a cliff. Uh, you know, as he's listening to that news report, and he's like saying, "Guys, we gotta focus and everything. You know, we we gotta find this this dinosaur." So, uh, as they're looking and everything, uh, all of a sudden, Beth hears a very strange kind of monstrous sound, and this is where it gets crazy because I don't, I have no idea what's going on here. A huge, like they turn around, all the scientists turn around, and a huge alien that looks like a cross between E.T. and the, the plant guy from the Shop of Horrors. <laughs> That's like immediately what I thought of. You see, nice. this, you see this like alien guy holding some kind of, I don't even know what he's holding, but it's huge. It's like coming out of the vines of this tree. Looks like he's holding like the handlebars of a motorcycle. It does. It really does. And it's got like this light in the middle. Um, you know, so I don't know what kind of device it is, but then it speaks this very, you know, I, I don't know what, for lack of a better term, alien language, and uh, either self-destructs or teleports away. I, I don't know because it's just all of a sudden you just see this burst of light. This alien's gone, and the peop- the scientists just fly back. So I don't know if it just blew itself up like Predator or what. <laughs> I, I really don't know, and I don't know what happened to scientists because you don't see him again in this issue. Uh, you so, know, yeah, I'm not sure. I assume that they were like killed by the explosion, but that's it, what I'm it's not. It's not totally clear. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if we're going to see them in the next issue or two. But uh, so, anyways, we get our first of many, um, uh, like what do you call it? Like cutaways to another storyline. Uh, and this is the one where Don and Raph and Casey Jones are fixing up that armored car. So you know, Casey, you know, uh, oh, what does it immediately remind you of? First of all. You know, especially Donatello in the in the truck firing it up. Hey, Josh, did I lose you, man. Oh, you there? Oh yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, sorry, I hit the mute button because my dog was going crazy. Oh I, man, I it's called, all good. I called you a hose brain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, dome head. <laughs> yeah, it reminds you of the movie, which I I think um, Peter Laird consciously did that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, so uh, th- here's kind of an interesting part. Um, you know, Casey, he's kind of wondering, you know, Casey, he's very savvy with uh, cars and everything, and he's fixing up the car, and he gets done, uh, you know, putting new diesel fuel in there and everything, uh, flush the engine and everything, or tank, and he's wondering about the bodies. You know, he put a, he put the, you know, old kind of uh, rotting bodies in this in these body bags, and he's wondering, hey, well, what do we do with these guys? And Raph's just like, leave them. But Donatello doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to give him a decent burial. So, uh, anyways, Don starts the truck, and it actually works, which I'm really surprised about. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think Casey goes, like, I'm the man. And then Raph goes, I'm the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even spelled it like that, T-O-I-T-L-E. Yeah. T-O-I-T-L-E, power. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, of course, it's smoking like crazy, and, you know, they all get choked up and kind of run away from the truck for a minute. So You know, it was, it was funny in that scene where, like, the the smoke or whatever is coming out, mm-hmm. like, they look, like, so horrified. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, coughing. Like, I started thinking, like, originally when I first saw – because it's on a separate page. The first page, you see Casey's eyes are, like, wide open. Mm-hmm. And um, and the turtles look, like, terrified. And they're, like, running away. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is this, like, some kind of uh, security device on the armored Ooh, car? Ooh. I thought good. it was, like, tear gas or something to protect it. That's kind of what I thought at first, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they seem really afraid. And I, I've noticed something about the art style. It seems like the 
uh, turtles only have pupils when they're afraid or they're shocked at something. Did you ever notice that? Oh, yeah, you're right. Like like in this issue, Michelangelo does it, uh, Donatello, Raph, they do it. Uh, oh, and even Splinter. You know, there's certain scenes where Splinter doesn't have pupils, and then in other scenes, especially when he's watching the TV program, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he kind of gets the pupils again, like the bug eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we get another cutaway now, third one now. And this one flashes over to the U.S. Air Defense Headquarters, and the workers are getting a very strange signal. And one of the guys, you know, he says something pretty interesting, and I kind of got a chuckle out of this. He goes, he's talking to, I guess, the director of the defense headquarters, and he says, the velocity and vector data indicate that whatever this thing is, it lifted off from the dark side of the moon approximately 30 minutes ago, and it's moving fast. I just like that he mentioned the dark side of the moon. That's one of my favorite Pink Floyd albums. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. And then he says, um, okay, so that goes back to the first issue, right? Because remember, the very first scene from the first issue is them on the moon trying to reconstruct this or um, I guess reconstruct it or just kind of fix the spaceship. Well, now that spaceship has taken off and it's heading towards the Earth's orbit within like an hour. It's kind of cool. It kind of reminds you of like Armageddon or something like that. You know, uh, all of a sudden the directors or the generals like, okay, get the silos ready, uh, you know, and then you see the Air Force getting ready, the Navy's getting ready, and satellites are getting ready to transmit any signal that they can. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, it kind of it made me think a little bit about how long the Turtles have been around because you think of the Cold War in the 80s, like when the, when the Turtles started. Mm-hmm. And then here it is, you know, like 20 years later in, in this issue, you know, they're talking about like the Cold War. It's just cool that like the Turtles have been around so long that right. they can even reference historical stuff. You know, it was just it was pretty cool. I don't know. It just it made sense. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty cool that they did that. And then later, I, I don't know if it was I think it is later in this issue. Uh, they mentioned using email. Oh, yeah, that's funny, right. Because <laughs> when I was reading this, like, I, I, uh, I forgot that this was written in, like, the uh, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit earlier. So when they said email, I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, and then I look back. But AOL know, cool 6.0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's really funny. Actually, my, my dad came by uh, this weekend, and he, uh, he brought me some old stuff. And he had an old <laughs> AOL 7.0 disc. From when we had our computer uh, repair store, so it happens to be sitting right next to me. Oh, and, nice! Uh, it was right from that time period, so dude, you were really close. Oh, it could nice! Have been six or seven point oh. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! If anyone wants to try uh, seven point oh for uh, for forty five days for free, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is your man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it's that's that's a funny scene. As a matter of fact, that it's actually coming up here. Uh, so we get our fourth cutaway here, and this is Michelangelo's story. You know, he he's still at that strange kind of mutant hospital. And the doctor, I forget his name, but I do remember the wing guy's name was Rep Reptar? Raptar? Yeah. Yeah, not not Reptar, that's the Rugrats dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Reptar on ice. <laughs> Reptar was awesome. Oh yeah, me didn't he have like a cereal or something like that? Yeah, he did. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always wanted it. Uh, me too. So the doctor he kinda leads Mikey to a rooftop. Well, actually before that they're on an elevator, and at first it goes up, then it starts going to the side, and Michelangelo notices it. He's like, whoa, is this, is this moving sideways? And the doctor's just like, yep. And then you realize why, because when they finally get out of the hospital, they're like two blocks from the underground, or I guess, I don't know, I don't remember if it was underground or not, but that hospital, whatever it was. So Michelangelo's like, whoa, I guess that makes sense. So, you know, Michelangelo's free to go, and Raptar decides to kind of give him a little 
I guess ride, I guess. Uh, he flies them around the city. And Mike's like, hey, give me the scenic route, man. So um, they fly around and everything, and you find out later on that that's going to get them in a little trouble. Yeah, Reptar has wings, by the way. That's right. That's right. He yeah. does. He's he's got he's, this. He's like a big beefy dude with wings. I know. And he he reminds me of like Fabio. You know, remember Fabio with the long hair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's on the, the cover the of uh, Wizards and Warriors too. Yeah, yeah, Iron Sword or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's who he reminds me of. But uh, yeah, he's flying Michelangelo around and everything. So okay, so now going back to the moon, um, we kind of get the aliens' perspective as they're about to uh, take off uh, towards Earth. And this is interesting right here because the Utrams, they say to one another, and we still don't know who the captain is. He's this huge guy in like this, this his outfit reminds me of a sci-fi movie, but I cannot remember the name of it. I know what it is. What? The, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Yes, that's it. That's Gorg. exactly it. Klaatu Barada Nikto. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> See, you're my wingman. I'm telling you. I couldn't do this without you. <laughs> that movie's great. I, oh, I just classic. watched it for the first time like... I think it was about a year ago. I was like googling like best sci-fi films of all time. Like mm-hmm. I think it was, um, I think I was out of work because I was sick or something for a while, and I mm-hmm. wanted something to watch. And yeah, great movie. Oh, like, great! Was that a black and, and white? Yeah, it's black and white. I think it was like 1951. And there's a lot of references to it. Uh, in Fallout, they reference it, and tons of things. Oh, and I that's think, awesome. um, I think if you put. Uh, Klaatu Barada Nikto or whatever in Google or something, it would like it give you a special result or something. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Well, yeah, and, and that that captain, whoever he is, reminds me of that guy. And and um, you know, and he actually says to the Utrams, or the Utrams, I think they say it to him, I can't remember, but they say, um, you know, pretty much that they know that they're gonna be fired upon by the Earth's defenses, but they express explicitly that they will not fire back, that their mission depends on this. So basically, you know, for lack of a better phrase, they come in peace. <laughs> you know, they don't want any problems with Earth. They just want to kind of chillax there, you know. So so they're on their way to Earth. You know, Earth's ready for them. And, of course, they've got their guns ready. And then we get another side story, and this is Splinters. And I kind of like this part because, um, you know, Splinters is kind of sit- – I always wonder what he does when everyone out – everyone's out uh, – uh, fighting crime, you know, whether it be Casey Jones, the Turtles, in this case, it's Shadow. He just kind of sits and watches TV. I, I always pictured him playing Galaga or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about time they got out of here. <laughs> I got a high score to set. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just kind of drinking tea in front of the TV while Shadow's riding her motorcycle back to the house. And I kind of love the artwork here, you know, this the snowy artwork and everything. I think Jim Lawson, as always, did a great job in this issue. Excellent work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just love the scenery and stuff. You know, you kind of get this internal monologue where Shadow's wanting to tell her boyfriend Jay about Splinter, but she just doesn't know, you know, how he's going to take it. Because, I mean, let's face it, man. You tell, you know, your your girlfriend or something that you got a giant rat for a grandfather or something like that, they might not take it so well. Yeah, they probably think you're crazy. Yeah, kind of. Shadow gets home, and Splinter's watching news. And at first, you know, she says something kind of funny. She's like, you're not watching that stupid show again. And then uh, Splinter, you could tell by the expression in his face, it's, it's obviously he's not. He, he is very startled. Do you know uh, what he was watching, though? What? My spouse is a chocoholic. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you see this picture of this guy. I thought he was a zombie at first. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> it's just chocolate oozing out of his mouth. And did you notice it looks like Splinter has cookies on his plate? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. Look at that. 
Because I don't know. Maybe Splinter's a chocoholic. I think he is. I but think he's got a problem. Chip cookies, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. You know, all this time I was thinking that he was meditating or you know reading classic literature and things like that. And, you know, appreciating the arts. No, he's just watching TV, reality TV, and eating cookies. Mound yep. down cookies. Yep. <laughs> so um, you can see by Splinter's expression, he's like, "Oh no, something something's seriously wrong," and. It's basically a, a breaking newscast, and uh, it's New York City, and people are just panicking and everything because apparently they witnessed two aliens in the sky. And it's kind of weird. At first I thought, okay, the aliens from the moon had finally landed on Earth, and that's what the breaking news is about. But it's actually not. Do you want to, do you want to describe it, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh... You see, it's like pandemonium, mm-hmm. like you know, biblical proportions. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> oh, man. I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> no, but uh, people are t- completely freaking out. And then they say, and then it kind of costs us like, now we go to an amateur, uh, you know, uh, videographer. And mm-hmm. you just see something in the in the sky that looks like a bird. And then it zooms in. And this is really cool. I really like what, what, Jim, uh, what Jim Lawson did. It says, we're going to use uh, extreme digital zoom. And then, you know, you, you see Michelangelo uh, and you see him being carried by Raptar and he's got these, this huge wingspan. Mm-hmm. But it's so cool because the, the artwork that he did, he gave it like a pixelized effect. Yeah, how did he do that? I don't know. That was pretty sweet, though. That was amazing. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're, everyone's freaking out and it's, it's, he's huge. He's got a really big wingspan. So I guess he's, he does look kind of intimidating, mm-hmm. especially when it's like a turtle and some kind of a bird combined. It's really <laughs> weird looking. <laughs> Yeah, um, and, and and they're so freaked out that they actually start shooting at him. Yeah, yeah, they they're they're threatening. There's actually like people in the streets shooting guns and everything. It says the citizens are taking action. So, and and it's funny the uh, it says the Manhattan militia. So they they came back again and they're <laughs> oh man, they're those guys don't give up. They're definitely very aggressive. Yeah, no firepower. They'll shoot at anything. So um, you know, so they're getting fired at, and Splinter's like. Is this seriously happening? Is that Michelangelo? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, another cutaway to Don, Casey, and Raph, and they're trying to get the, the armored car off the train tracks, and they build a little ramp, and they finally get it off the train tracks. And as soon as they bust down of the, I guess, underground train station or whatever, and they get to the New York streets. Are you um, saying they, they went off the rails? Oh, on the crazy train. <laughs> I, I, I. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, that was good. <laughs> So that you know they they get out into the the city and they they realize that the city's kind of in a panic, and then you get a cutaway of all these stealth like bombers trying. I guess I guess they're getting ready for the spaceship attack. Is that what they're there for? Yeah, you can kind of see there's something falling to Earth. Uh, they they say it's a cylindrical shape. They think it's a drone or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they scrambled all the aircraft to try to I guess. Uh, to prepare for the arrival of the aliens. So the aircraft have like zoomed in on something that's falling to the earth. Right. Uh, or zeroed in on it and they're they're heading that way to intercept it. Yeah, and I absolutely love like the last few panels because you see, you know, it, I mean it's just like straight out of a sci-fi film. You see all these kind of pods and spaceships start dropping down. Some are going into the uh the ocean and then some are um, you know, kind of like bouncing off of uh or you know bouncing all around the Statue of Liberty and everything and uh you see this I guess it's like a huge base opening up is that correct like I didn't understand what that last thing was was that just a ship that landed um I'm not really sure it's, yeah it looks like, like a platform or something it doesn't look like yeah. a ship 
You know what? I think I think that might be what was on the moon. So I think it is. It's either a base or a ship. I think. Oh wow! Yeah. But and... it is. It is gigantic. Like uh, it's the. It looks like there's like a, a destroyer, um, mm-hmm. like a full destroyer ship out there, and it looks like it's like a hundred times bigger than it. It's oh, massive. I know. I know. And and uh, and then that's pretty much the cutaway. I mean, basically, that's the end of the issue. You know, the the one uh, military guy goes. I think they're going to be here for a while or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't look like they're planning on leaving anytime soon. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's how it ends. You know, you're, you're left with all these different questions. But what I absolutely love about this issue is the storytelling. It's so good in this because you get so many different kind of side stories. You get Michelangelo by himself, which you don't see very often. You get uh, Raph and Donnie hanging around each other. You don't see that very often. You get the whole dynamic with Shadow and Splinter and how they kind of have a a rich, kind of deep relationship. Um, You don't get that very often in the internal monologue that Shadow's going through. I don't know. There was a lot going on. And then you got the whole sci-fi element that you really don't see a lot in. I guess you get some sci-fi stuff in the original series, or the the first volume, but I don't know. Some just feels different. Like the tone of this issue is different, or the series is different. And I love the fact that the turtles are older. You know, it, I can relate to them now. I don't know. I just think it's getting better. You know, the first few issues is like, oh, this is interesting. Now it's like, whoa, something major is about to happen because the entire world, the entire Earth is going to be changed once these aliens start interacting. And obviously, they don't want any problems. They don't want to hurt the humans in any way but what makes me curious is how the humans are going to respond to them you know it's like is it going to be like x-men you know how they just kind of try to kill them all or is it going to be where the aliens live freely among the humans i don't know but i'm anxious to find out you kind of make an interesting point actually all three of these issues this one in particular there's not a single fight scene no. In the entire issue. But even the, the issues, the two issues prior to it, I think it was just the, the fight with the Manhattan Militia. And, yeah, um, yeah it, there's really not much action going on at all. But it's kind of cool that both the, the Turtles, the characters, are getting older and maturing. But, you know, so is the comic itself, you know, because you've got multiple things happening at once, like a couple different storylines. Uh, it's not just, you know, seeing them tear through foot soldiers again, which is always fun. You know, it's great when it has a place, but it's interesting. You know, that's kind of getting uh, more interesting. There's more depth and it's getting more developed. And uh, I guess maturing the stories to a point where you can enjoy it even as an adult, because, you know, I found myself just, you keep wondering every time you turn the page, like what's going to happen next, you know, like, is this, I really love the plot twist when everyone was freaking out and it ended up being Raptor and not, not, the aliens right yeah i thought that was <laughs> that's what cool. i expected yeah right and like in you you're still wondering what happened to the dinosaur you know yeah <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's got to be one around i mean why would they be looking for it and have all these eyewitness accounts will we ever see that dinosaur will we ever see those scientists again are they all there i'm willing to bet and what that... is the deal okay what's the deal with the alien like i want to know why that alien was already here you know wh- wh- where does that come into play was that was that alien always hanging out here yeah, that's is he affiliated with Utrams? Like, was he sent down to scout out ahead of time, or yeah, maybe he, I don't know. And maybe the eyewitness accounts were actually that alien from far away, and they just thought it was a dinosaur. Maybe, yeah, yeah. dinosaur. So. Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm willing to bet that the dinosaur will be real, yep. and there will be at least one full page of him, like decked out in in glorious Jim Lawson artwork. Right. Like, it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great. 
But Josh, I gotta tell you, man, I do remember. Now I can't say exactly. I, I don't want to reveal anything, and I don't want to ruin anything that happens later on in the series. But there, I'm just gonna put it to, to you like this: in the next few issues, I do remember one in particular that is a tearjerker. Just be, just be warned, man. <laughs> it's it's one that I never ever thought I'd read in a Turtles comic, but I recently kind of went back over my collection the other day, and I found one. It's I think four or five episodes from now, maybe even a little further. But just be prepared, man. It's I love this series. Let's just put it that way. But man, it's a tearjerker issue. Okay. Yeah. So yikes. I guess, I guess my point is this series volume four is amazing. I am so sold over on this series. Um, this issue is great. A couple of the further issues or future issues that we're going to discuss are amazing. I cannot wait to talk about them. And I, I think this issue in particular really speaks to the fact that even if you're not into, I guess, ninjas or the turtles or I don't know, like I feel like even if you're really a turtles fan and you just happen to pick this up and read it, that it would draw you in and you'd be interested. Like, you know, right. it's not like, you know, adults can enjoy this. It's not like juvenile just because it's the turtle. It's actually got a legitimate story in and of itself that's really interesting. Right. So, I agree. I agree. I highly recommend it. Like, definitely great for, you know, both, like, kids and adults. Like, it speaks to everyone. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. You got aliens and dinosaurs, too. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you can't lose. Well, it's not to like. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, how many slices of pizza would you give this, my friend? It's really strange, but... I want to go with eight. Hey, hey, that's solid. That's a good score. It's, just, it's pretty high. And, like, it's not that it was, like, there was a ton of action or anything, like, in particularly amazing about it, except for the dinosaur drawing. But um, I guess just as a whole, the way it made me feel, like, it kept me really engaged in mm-hmm. the story and really interested. And uh, I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed reading it. Like, I felt like I, it totally took me into a different world, I guess, so to speak, as I'm reading it, which, you know, a lot of times... You might not necessarily get that in comics when it's like, oh, yeah, the turtles are fighting again. Let me see who they killed. This one, you're just like really wondering what's happening next and just find yourself studying each each line of dialogue to try to figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think an 8 out of 10 is a very fair uh, and very good score for this because, like, I don't know, the way it's written, this whole style of Volume 4 so far, it's, it's like you know, okay, we're on Issue 3. Issue 4... Not all of our questions are going to be answered. I mean, this is a long, long story arc, and I like it. Like, I think there's going to be so many different twists and turns in this, and I think it's going to be a very complex storyline. And I love that, man. I like that so much better than just, you know, here's the villain of the month. I I just think Peter Laird does excellent storytelling, just like Kevin Eastman does. I mean, they were the dynamic duo of the 80s, and... It's cool because you can see their different styles where I think Kevin Eastman's a little bit more action-oriented, where Peter Laird seems to be more of the kind of emotional, I don't know what the word is, like almost character-driven kind of yeah. writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, li- I like both for their own reasons, and I think this is a great, great story that's only going to get better. Absolutely. If you guys have not gotten into Turtle Comics because you think they're for kids, check out Volume 4. You won't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get to that sad issue. I mean, Mike, you'll be disappointed, but you'll be like, the reason you're disappointed is because the storytelling's so good that you get attached and then something happens. And let's just, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, seriously, even if you do, you've not read any of the other comics, even if you don't know who the turtles are, read it. I'm telling you. Read it. Great. 
You'll, you'll, you'll get hooked. That's, I agree. I agree. And then you will be mad at us because you spent a lot of money on the series. <laughs> <laughs> or your wives will be mad at us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I guess we should get on our green screen, eh? Let's do it, man. I'm going to grab some popcorn. All right. Sounds good. I'll, I'll grab some pork rinds. <laughs> pork rind. Yeah, pork rind. <laughs> hey, Matt, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. Alright guys, well today we are going to be watching, I think it's episode 3 or 4 of the 2003 series. I think it's episode 4. And it's called Meet Casey Jones. And this is the debut of Casey Jones in the 2003 cartoons. So uh, it's kind of very fitting since the last episode uh, we talked about the debut of Casey Jones in the original comic series. The first micro series that the Ninja Turtles ever put out. Or this aired on March 1st, 2003. And the Mausers, they're finally gone. We have an episode that has nothing to do with the Mausers, at least I think. So, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of over them for a little while. All right, listeners, so if you want to follow along with us, we are again watching episode four of the 2003 cartoon entitled Meet Casey Jones. And we're going to click play in three, three two, two, one, one, and click. I guess you could call it fate. But I finally now, Raphael's voice, man, hard to beat. It is. Oh, he's got the baseball bats. I'm always used to saying, my name's Leonardo. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> in the trash stream alley. <laughs> so let me ask you this. A lot of people say it differently. Some people say Raphael. Others say Raphael. What do you say? Raphael. See, I think I, think I say Raphael, too. But when I was a kid, I think I said Raphael. Yeah, Raphael sounds better. It does. It's more rad. Sounds fancier. It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Splinter. Uh, I'm still getting used to that rendition of Splinter artwork-wise. I don't like it as much. Yeah, yeah, he looks more like a wolf. But it does look better than uh, him in the new movie, so... Yeah, I agree with you. So you don't like the new movie, uh... Kind of... Nah. Yeah, I didn't like the voice yeah. actor, didn't like the look of him, but I did like the story, I like his character. <laughs> I, I'm with you, I agree. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they do the one, two, three, four. It reminds me of like the arcade game, you know. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, what the funny thing is, we've still not really seen Shredder yet. You know. Yeah, I think they just kind of they implied that it was him and like showed like his arm and stuff, but mm -hmm. I don't think they showed him. Right, I know they they've kind of uh, kind of slow burned it. You know, try, try I guess building it up and everything. So it's been it's been pretty interesting. Like, it kind of makes you really want to see him, and you know by the end of the first season you're going to see him. Oh, yeah. So it looks like Michelangelo and Raphael are sparring. Do they have a different shade of green? Or is it just oh, because yeah. it's in the light? Mm, no, I think Raph is a little darker. Okay, I got you. Ooh. Oh, you know, this is exactly like the comic book. Remember the sparring, and it was uh, he was sparring with Michelangelo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember, Michelangelo was kind of like trash talking a little bit, and Raph yeah. just kind of freaked out. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Mikey actually beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here he goes picking up a pipe. Oh man, this is crazy. Yeah, he's going crazy. Yeah. He spider sense tingling. 
<laughs> Raphael's eyes kind of just like narrowed, like he was ready to take him out. Yeah, he was gonna kill him. He's still huffing and puffing. Mikey, I ah my son, so angry, rage. Ah my son, so angry. Dude, Rob, your impression of the bad actor is better. Okay, you're gonna have to learn all the lines for the rest of the series and, and read them in place of them now. I would be happy to, my son. <laughs> so in this one, Splinter kind of runs him off instead of Leonardo. What is wrong with me? Oh, do we get to see him watching all the cop shows, Casey Jones? Oh, dude. Maybe. Oh, this. He's working out. Oh my god! This is just like it! Oh, this is great. This is so cool! You know, you know what this, the, the art style kind of reminds me of in this TV series? What's that? Uh, X-Men. The X-Men cartoon? Yeah, you remember the X-Men cartoon? I never watched very much of it. Oh, like you could see it in the faces, it. kind of the blocky style faces. Oh, okay. Oh, he's putting his mask on. Somebody's got to stop those purple dragons. Somebody's got to make them pay. It's exactly like the comic. Somebody's awesome. got to make them pay. They'll all pay cuz Casey Jones is on the job. And I like they zoomed in on Casey's eyes as well just like they did on Raph. Oh, like, that's great. See the same kind of rage, you know? Oh yeah. The stupid purple dragons. Look at that guy. <laughs> he looks like the guy from Tekken. Remember the guy with the spiked hair? Oh, yeah, was like it Eddie Gordo or something? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> And over the first sweet thing, and we promise not to hurt you too much. Man, these guys pick I love how generic their voices are. And we promise not to hurt you. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, he's hanging, he's hammered on the trash can. That was a, a reference to the Warriors. Have you seen oh, the movie, the Warriors? yeah, the, the Warriors. Warriors. Oh my gosh, I forgot play. about that. That's Warriors. awesome. Man, Casey Jones jacking him up. Yeah, he is. I like how he has, actually has a purple dragon on his t-shirt. <laughs> it looks like a baseball jersey. Like it's a team or something. <laughs> you can get them at all your retail shops. Yeah. Casey Jones just punched Raph in the face. I like how he calls him Freak. Too. Yeah. Freak! Freak! <laughs> Sorry about all this. Here's your purse, man. Keep away from me, you you lizard thing! Keep away! <laughs> lizard thing? You lizard Some thing? Some kind of karate frog creatures. <laughs> oh, this is great. There, I'll tell you, there's nothing like the 2003 cartoon, man. High quality stuff. Oh, oh man. man. They're showing a, a silhouette, like a shadow of... Casey just going to town on a somebody. monstrous Casey Jones, relentless. I told you to cool it, pal. Yeah, and I told you to stay out of my way. But since your ears is Casey Jones wearing? He's not wearing sweatpants, is he? He's wearing like those kind of uh, joggers, like polyester pants or whatever you call them. Yeah. It's the only thing I don't like about the new look. Yeah, it looks okay. Yeah, he looks pretty cool though. Sweatpants. <laughs> Boosters, double action traction, cool secret 
thing he's shooting out the back, we should be tricking out the armored car. By we, you mean uh, the armored car. Armored car. It's a shell razor, man. Besides, where would we keep the thing? We can find a place. Just think about overhauling the wheels. Please, 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 please. You know, it's funny with Donatello with the goggles on. He reminds me of the movie Donatello. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's actually, uh, I think he's actually welding or something now. So yeah, yeah. So it's okay. <laughs> leaping split kick. I thought he said leaping split cake. Maybe <laughs> hungry. Well, Splitter does like his sweets. I mean, with cookies and everything else. That's true. I don't know. The Splinter voice, like, he he can't, like, he just doesn't have any authority, you know? Like, yeah, he sounds very kick. passive. Yeah, just... He's, he's not like the Nickelodeon one, where he sounds a lot more kind of authoritative. Yeah. Love the Nickelodeon Splinter. Best one, hands down. Really? You like him better than the original? The cartoon? Uh, I think I do. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. man, that's... that's yeah, I think I do. Very high praise, man. That's interesting. I... I might be with you. I don't know if it's so much the character or the voice, but man, it just seems like they go hand in hand. I think I think because in the the, the nineteen eighty seven series, like he's more like a, a a loving father, but not so as much a ninja master in some cases. I guess I don't know. Yeah, Maybe because yeah. they tried to make him a little bit more likable. Right, I guess you know he was the perfect splinter for that tone of cartoon. Yeah, and I think that the new Nickelodeon Splinter is perfect for the tone of that show. Yeah, you know, like, where like they're teenagers and he's got to keep them in line. Right, right. You know? But I love, and I, I guess it's the credit to the writers. I love the fact that uh, he has kind of a very vulnerable character uh, in yeah. the new show, and I love that. What's that sign say? Sweet, uh, sweet, sweet. Sewer, sweet sewer. sewer? Yeah, sewer, sweet sewer. <laughs> Oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like this huge sledgehammer and he like wails on this huge spike into the wall in the sewer. He's like Thor. That's hilarious. Yeah. Throws the hammer down. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Just open a It's a door of some kind. It's a technodrome. Why are we whispering? Why are we whispering? So this wasn't in the comic. <laughs> so they're going into this weird, like, I don't know what you call it. Looks like a portal or something. Boy, I hope it doesn't take them to Dimension X where they have to watch themselves uh, in the next mutation. Yeah. Oh, man. That was rough. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> That's a cool shot. I can understand that, believe me. But what if you grab the wrong guy? What if you go too far? Get yourself in real trouble. Oh. I got my reasons for doing what I do, and they got nothing to do with you. So what do you think of Casey Jones' voice? Oh, uh, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I I agree with you. I kind of, I, I gotta admit, I kind of like um, Pat Fraley's Casey Jones. A little bit oh, yeah. deeper. Pat, Pat Fraley's Casey Jones is more like, um, I don't know, he just seems... A little bit more intense. Yeah, like, 
like he's more kind of uh, almost dark and sinister. He kind of reminds me of like a, a Clint Eastwood, you know? Yeah. Kind of gravelly. Yeah. More, a little more gritty. Yeah. Hello, violators. Yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. Like. You know, you're right. You've shown me the error of my ways. I don't trust yeah. him. He can't hold a <laughs> he can't hold a candle, Pat Fraley, but he does it justice. I guess. Yeah, he's not terrible. I like him better. I got him in. I like him better than Nickelodeon Casey Jones. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like I don't like young Casey Jones. I, I want uh, I want some guy, late twenties, early thirties, you know, just kind of a loose cannon, you know, out of high school, obviously. Yeah. I appreciate him trying something different, but you know, I I prefer my Casey Jones, just kind of this loner adult. I agree. You know, and. Uh, I kind of feel like the the Casey Jones in the '88 series is actually more of a vigilante. This one, the way his voice is, is more like um, more like an adult kind of jock. And a little bit, the, yeah. The 2013 is more like a punk kid. Right, I agree. I yeah. that's a good point. Now I love the IDW Casey Jones. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like him. Um, have you have you read the uh, micro series with him? No, not yet. Oh, it's very good, very good. You kind of see why he is the way he is, and kind of why he lets his father do what he does to him. Oh, okay. It's it's pretty interesting. It's basically he made a promise to his mother, you know that. Oh that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, he wouldn't just, be too hard on his his dad, you know, despite yeah. the fact that he's an alcoholic and everything. So, good good stuff, man. I love that issue. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> I love that guy's hair. Like his green shades too. Oh yeah, just in case he wants to see a knight. <laughs> He's got night vision goggles. Man, He's got a tattoo. Yeah, it's a purple dragon tattoo on his face. <laughs> He's pretty uh, dedicated there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now, if he ever gets kicked out of the gang, he's going to be the, you know, the talk of the town. Yeah, really. Welcome home, Raph. Man, you look like you got the shell kicked out of you. Yeah, it's a long story. I like that pun. That was nice. They really do a lot of shell puns in this in this episode or in this series. Even the intro song is, don't they say it's a shell of a time or something like that? Yeah. Or it's yeah. a shell of a town? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Looks like uh, Raphael's apologized for being shellfish. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. But I'll tell you, Raph, he can really shell it out. That's right. I don't know, Raph. We should probably tell Master Splinter and have him stop us from going topside. We have to find that. Okay, so what's your theory? What is that portal thing? Um, I was gonna say Dimension X, but there hasn't been anything of Krang so far. No, so no. I'm really not sure. <laughs> How many I times have I told you not to sneak to the surface? Like, he seems so passive and small. <laughs> yeah. Just there's no authority. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't mind the way he looks so much as the way he sounds. You know, 
Like, I yeah, could get over I'm, the way he looks. Yeah, I could get over the looks if you had, I guess, some intensity or something. He's just so inert. Yeah. Look, he's kind of smiling there. <laughs> yeah, he looks really pretty smug. He's like, <laughs> Oh. And what is that? Night to make this bad boy the oh man! Oh, yeah, it's like a the... turtle. It's some kind of like uh, an orb elevator type thing. Oh, that's pretty sweet. But the way it came up, it kind of reminded me of the '87 series where they would, they would, uh, uh, Shredder would always come up through that drill thing. Oh, the Technodrome. Yeah, yeah, the the Technodrome module thing. Oh yeah, yeah, drill through the surface. Yeah. Oh man, look at that sweet. Uh... Armored car. It looks pretty awesome. Where's the dead bodies? <laughs> There's Casey Jones on his bike. Oh, I do like Casey Jones on the motorcycle. That's pretty sweet. I agree. And I like that guy's blue hair. <laughs> I like the the purple head bandana. Yeah. And on your left is Central Park. I love how Donnie's giving the tour. Yeah. You go get him, Raph. I whipped up something special for you. It's in the back. Like it? I call it the shell cycle. Donatello? Shell cycle. I do like Raph on the motorcycle too. Yeah, that that seems fitting. Yeah. It reminds me of the 2007 movie, uh, what was he like? Night Razor or Oh, that's right. Yeah, when he was like kind that. of a vigilante. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, Casey Jones was in that movie too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember what he did in that movie. I'll yeah, have to watch that again. We haven't seen that in a while. We'll have to green screen it, man. Green screen it. Yeah. It's a cardigan, <laughs> but thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, well, Raph grabbed the, uh, the brakes for Casey Jones' front tires and made him flip over the handlebars. Yeah, I like how he kind of slides to the side. That was pretty neat. Casey Jones' hairs almost look gray. It's like a gray mullet. <laughs> He's getting older. Yeah. Well, like, gray mullets just think of, like, creepers and, like, <laughs> going after kids. I don't know, man. <laughs> they should have made it black. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's kind of like a bluish, grayish blue. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. Try me. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, Try me. A long time ago, <laughs> I was a kid. So All right, it's a Casey Jones flashback. My dad down for protection money. They were purple dragons. We didn't pay. They torched our store. You tell your Look how small he is. Punk. Next time, pay <laughs> up or else. Did they kill? Did they? The purple dragons kill his father? Or just torch his house. It said they torched the store, but oh, I don't know. So don't tell me He's crying though. That makes me think that they killed his dad. Just yeah. Your anger can take you down, make you act just like them. My father wants. See, in a way that that I like what they're doing here, because like in the original, uh, comic issue, uh. Casey Jones is just like this kind of crazy guy that really has no direct, I guess, personal reason to go after, you know, these crime violators or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in here, you know, there's actually a, a reason, you know, that the Purple Dragon has killed his father. 
So that, that's yeah, a cool, you know that's a that, nice yeah, twist. Yeah, that's a little more depth to his character. It does. But there's something about the crazy, too, that's that's quite interesting, too. It's like, wow, this guy's a loon. Yeah, it's like a different kind of crazy. Yeah. But you can kind of almost identify with this Casey Jones a little bit more. Kind of like the IDW one. Yeah, it's more like Blind Rage yeah. or Revenge, which is a little bit more understandable. Right. Whereas Raph, you know, really doesn't have a huge excuse of why he is the way, why he's so angry, you know? Yeah, he's just got anger issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just born that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool seeing all four turtles next to each other, busting out their weapons. Yeah. Was, I don't know, just kind of an iconic shot there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Casey Jones like, let's play some hockey. Yeah, he's like, I'm forward. <laughs> Pass it. Can I split kick right? Nice. One more time. Wait for it. Oh! oh. Three times a charm. I give him a 9.95. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. For the listeners, the turtles only have three fingers in this uh, rendition. Right. I think they only have three in most. I don't know the comics; they might have four. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good point. I've never really paid attention to that. I know I'm gonna They've only got two toes, right? But I'm glad I, met you. I think so. Me too, Greendo. And you know something? I'm starting to. What do you call him, Greendo? It's better than Punker. But I like you. Is Casey Jones really tall, or the turtles actually shorter than most? Yeah, of them? I mean, like Casey Jones is towering above Raph. Yeah, he's like huge. I like how the turtles are just watching them beat up each other. Absolutely. Yep, <laughs> we're chilling. Ah, right, man, that, that gosh, these episodes go by so quick. They do. Yeah. So, what do you think, man? Pretty good, uh, pretty solid episode. Yeah, it was pretty solid. I think uh, they did a good job of drawing. Um, I guess making a comparison between Raph and Casey Jones, how they have similar problems with anger. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I definitely agree because I, I do like the dynamic of Casey Jones kind of having a more of a human character uh, as far as you understand where the rage comes from, even though it's still rage. I mean, you can at least kind of make that connection. Okay, he's not just a loony who watches a lot of cop dramas. He, he's... He has a reason to be upset, you know, and um, he's having a hard time forgiving. And that's why he's attacking anybody that's in the Purple Dragons or associated with them in any any way. Um, I like that. I like that. And I like the fact that the Shell Razor makes an appearance here in uh, this episode. There's a lot going on. Um, so overall, I'd, I'd probably give this episode mm, seven slices of pizza out of ten. How about you? I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty solid. All right, guys. Well, uh, speaking of pizza, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out uh, episode 12, my man? All right, fans. As always, thanks for listening, and here's the hoping you enjoy your asparagus and eggplant pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, so you just... Sorry, sorry, man. Oh, man. <laughs> we got a special guest. Agree, I agree. Tuber. <laughs> oh, getting old. I'll tell you, it's Who's only 8 o'clock. <laughs> 
quick on the double Have pity on a city, man, it's in trouble We need heroes like the Lone Ranger When Tonto came pronto, where there was danger They didn't say we'd be there in half an hour Cause they displayed turtle power Reporter was hot on the trail, determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, cause she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided on love, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth then. They'd mug the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound. Shouted cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the fields of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower. Cause they possessed turtle power.